conductive wire And you were so electric I had no say when you came so near And just passed right through me Hey everyone, welcome to Geekdom is Back. Today we're doing a roundtable episode on Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker, closing out the trilogy here. And with me today, I have Tim Matthews, Merjani Rawls, and Jonathan Lally. We are going to dive into this, and I think for the most part, we all kind of feel the same way about this movie. But before we really dive in, the first thing I want to know is... Did you guys rewatch The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi before going into this? Or were you just like, nah, I'm good. Gonna go see it and see how I feel about it. So for me, I did I did rewatch uh, both of them. I did an entire uh, Skywalker like saga rewatch, including uh, including Rogue One. Part of part of that was because I just like to I just like to do those things. I definitely probably didn't need to watch the Force Awakens or The Last Jedi before this, but even when I'm not leading up to a movie, I like to just kind of come up with a reason to do some type of curated marathon of of movies. Um, but also, I I've been showing it. Uh, I've been showing the movies to my sister for the first time. So um, so going through them has been a large a large part of her being able to see them since she's only seen uh, Empire. We did kind of a a bit of like the machete thing. We did uh, Rogue okay. One, New Hope, Empire, Phantom, Clones, Jedi, and then you know Force Awakens, Last Jedi, and and Skywalker. I will say, everyone that I've read on the internet who has said don't ever show Star Wars to someone for the first time, you know, in the funky order, and I was like, no, it'll be fine. Um, my sister has thoroughly enjoyed watching them, but there was a point, I I don't remember during what movie, but she was like, so why are we watching them this order? And she had like all these questions and I was like, crap, they were right. So maybe either show it in order of release or chronological the first time, but we, we worked it out and, uh, and it's fine, but, uh, lesson learned. Nice. Merjani, how about you? I did. I, uh, watched... I didn't watch the original trilogy because I've watched it so many times that I pretty much know the beats by heart. Um, and the prequels, like I didn't, I didn't particularly want to watch Phantom Menace again. Like I, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I pretty much know what was going on there and I didn't want to watch another movie about trade agreements. Uh, I watched the Force Awakens, and especially The Last Jedi. I think I watched The Last Jedi twice. Okay. Uh, Force Awakens, I, I mean, I saw twice in theaters with friends. The Last Jedi, I kind of wanted to um, really take notes and kind of get the beats of what Ryan Johnson was going for because I had a feeling what The Rise of Skywalker was going to do, especially with bringing J.J. back. So, yeah, that's what I did. Jonathan, I know you and I texted a little about whether or not to rewatch the movies beforehand. So did you end up doing so? Uh, you know, I didn't, but it wasn't like any particular reason. Like, I, I find that like recaps are really good for TV shows um, for me because I, TV shows are spread out across so many episodes that I tend to forget so many things. But movies are so compacted that. I didn't really feel the need to do it, but the last time when we went and saw the last Jedi uh, at the draft house, we took part in the uh, seven movie marathon leading up to it. And uh, 
that was a fun thing to do at the draft house. But the funny thing is we actually skipped all the prequels. So it started with the prequels. We, we went, uh, we actually skipped it and got there in the morning when they opened up again for the original trilogy and the theater just stunk because all these people had been like sleeping there, but uh, got the big blanket with all like the movies listed on it and stuff like that. And I just remember thinking like, I never need to do this again, (laughs) ever, ever again. And I didn't even do the whole thing. Um, so yeah, like I, I kind of, you know, I'll watch a movie again a few times after I've seen, like I still watch Marvel movies. And now that I have Disney plus, I find that I'm revisiting things that like I maybe watched a bunch after they came out and then stopped. Mm -hmm. Um, so I can't say that that will always be the case. I just didn't feel like it necessary this time around, just based on like, you know, the last film was still pretty fresh in my brain. Uh, and I know and, and follow it. I also follow like enough podcasts and YouTube channels that like, I get enough star Wars injected into like the trailer breakdowns and stuff that I watch and predictions that, you know, like shout out to new rock stars. They give me enough star Wars stuff in their videos that I, I just didn't feel like the need to go watch it this time around, but I still think force awakens is a fantastic film. I think last Jedi's got its moments. Um, just in this, in this particular case, didn't really feel necessary to watch them again. Yeah, I definitely debated rewatching them, but I had rewatched the original trilogy before The Force Awakens came out just because it had been so long since I had seen them. I honestly didn't remember a whole lot about them because growing up, I wasn't super into Star Wars. It's a much more recent thing for me, but I saw that the James Bond movies were on Amazon and I had saved a ton of them and I think they're leaving at the end of the month. So I was like, all right, I'll watch those instead and therefore did not rewatch The Force Awakens or The Last Jedi. And like you said, they're still pretty fresh because people have been talking about Star Wars so much more again since The Force Awakens released. So I was like, all right, I remember enough of these to where I don't need to watch them again. But that leads me to the next question that I have for all of you, which is what were your expectations for The Rise of Skywalker going into it? And how did you end up feeling walking out of the theater for the first time? Well, first off, I fully support your decision to watch the James Bond movies as I sit here (laughs) drinking my Scottish breakfast tea out of my Sean Connery mug. Perfect. You know, channeling all the baby Yoda tea sipping that I can (laughs) have. Um, But so my expectations going into it, as much as, you know, I avoided spoilers and everything, uh, I had a pretty level headed and nervous expectations going in uh, because as much as you can avoid spoilers, it's kind of hard to tune out the noise of mixed reactions. Um, after it was over, uh, I mean, first reaction is move over baby Yoda, all hail Babu Frick. <laughs> and just that the visuals were excellent. Uh, John Williams continues to be the most consistently fantastic thing about Star Wars. And it was just kind of like, it was fun. I'm not really sure what the movie was trying to say. And it was kind of weird. And that, that it, it was definitely a more subdued reaction than the, the, really all of my friends. We kind of all felt it uh, when we walked out of the theater. All of us were starting out trying to be like, oh, it was really good. It was really good. And then it kind of fell into, but what was up with this part and this part? And it be kind of, it, it was kind of a bummer to walk out of it. And 
thinking about it since then, I've come around on some things and some things not, but I'm also trying to be open with, I might feel differently when I watch it again, because I felt very confused and conflicted when I saw The Last <laughs> Jedi as well. That also had something to do with the fact that I drove, uh, every time I've seen these movies, I've, I've seen them with my friend Bobby, and I had to go up to Connecticut to see The Last Jedi, and there was a blizzard, so it took me 10 hours I chugged a beer, we went to the movie, and I fell asleep in the first 20 minutes. And I woke up, <laughs> and I was like, I don't know what's going on, but this throne room looks pretty sweet. And <laughs> so I didn't really understand the movie, but uh, um, but I've come around a lot on The Last Jedi. Not everything, but so I'm kind of hoping I feel similarly in time to, uh, to Rise of Skywalker. But for now, weird. I felt very disjointed, and that's... It really comes because you got to think with these trilogies, it kind of tailors to different uh, generations. Uh So an older generation will look at uh, the original trilogy with A New Hope to last uh, The Return of the Jedi in different eyes that I would who started out. I guess if I had new eyes to it, I started out with Phantom Menace and then I remember going to go see... uh, the third movie at a midnight screening um, just kind of like, I tried to stay away from TV spots and stuff as much as I could, but knowing what was kind of going on behind the scenes um, with Colin Trevorrow kind of uh, dropping out of uh, what would be the rise of Skywalker and JJ coming in and him doing the first movie. And then people not really responding to the last Jedi as well. I was really afraid that he was going to recon it. And in my opinion, some of my uh, fears were realized because I think that while The Last Jedi, I mean, there were some things that it did that I didn't necessarily agree with, but it did push it forward. I think that while I enjoyed The Force Awakens, it played it very safe. And that's kind of what The Rise of Skywalker did. Um, When I left the theater... It was weird because it didn't feel like a finality to me. Like it was like my theater because I went to go see it at six fifteen, kind of after work. After they opened up another theater, and we all just kind of sat there and didn't say anything. Like normally, like when I went to go see Endgame, when I went to go see like you know Force Awakens, I remember like people applauding, like you know, like hey, you know what I mean? Like that was awesome. Everybody just kind of like sat there for a little bit to try to take everything in because it seemed like it was about three different movies into one movie and also kind of apologizing for Last Jedi. So, I mean, now, like, I do, I'm not completely negative on The Rise of Skywalker. There's some things that I definitely did like on it, but as a whole, I don't, I'm not thoroughly happy with it. And, I mean, with fandom and especially with Star Wars fandom, if you're not happy with something, then you're wrong. But I think that it's cool that everybody has different opinions and they can talk about it and kind of in a civil way. You know what I mean? Yeah. I agree. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. Marjani, uh, as usual, hits it on the head for me. (laughs) (laughs) I, um, I walked out of that theater kind of just like, what the fuck? (laughs) What was that? And I just remember 
being like, like so much of uh, what you just said resonated with me because I remember ultimately like warming up on it. Like last Jedi was an interesting one for me. Like ultimately, yeah, it wasn't my favorite. And I definitely felt like force awakens, like force awakens hammered on the nostalgia. And that was what people needed, you know, like a rehashing of the story, but giving us new characters to do it with. And then the last Jedi, like ultimately what I realized is that they were trying to, you know, build upon what comes after the Skywalkers. And then, Unfortunately, you have like that toxic fandom that like thinks that everything in Star Wars needs to be connected. And so this film was ultimately like, as Marjani pointed out, kind of like a retconning of it almost, you know, for certain things to be spelled out so explicitly in The Last Jedi and then to be very much ceremoniously erased in this film, uh, or I should say unceremoniously, really just kind of written off with a piece of dialogue or whatever. It was just so weird. I definitely had moments that I loved and I felt like were peak Star Wars. Uh, but then so much of it felt like, and I knew going into it that it was going to be slightly disjointed just because of like all of the behind the scenes drama with getting rid of Trevorrow and then bringing in JJ. Like I remember ultimately thinking, I remember before Last Jedi thinking, oh, it'd be really cool if Ryan Johnson did both of them because I had only really seen Looper and Brick and ultimately like wasn't crazy about what he gave us, but I did like the ideas that he presented. And then, you know, JJ kind of came in and just decided that he was going to appease the worst and most vocal part of the internet. <laughs> and, and, uh, it looked good in the process, but yeah, there was just uh, so much stuff that, you know, we can dive into and we will. But um, like I said, I feel like I, I, I remember walking out of Last Jedi thinking, you oh, know, I really appreciate Force Awakens more now. And then I walked out of this one thinking, oh, I really appreciate Last Jedi more because of like what Brian was trying to do and, you know, how it was so kind of thrown to the side here that's kind of how i feel a lot of feelings <laughs> <laughs> totally understandable and, and oh oh and, and and sorry sorry just to cut in one more thing i will say that like i ultimately left thinking that if jj cares as much he as he seems to like have led on with the choices that he made with this film and the undoing of certain things like he really should have just committed to the entire trilogy i don't remember the exact details but one has to think if you've going to J.J. Abrams with Star Wars, they probably offered him the entire trilogy at the beginning. And then when that didn't happen, you know, because I still feel like Colin Trevorrow was still fairly, you know, yeah, he had that Jurassic World movie, but I still don't think he was like quite ready. I would have liked to see him do one or two more like kind of blockbuster films, maybe even like original content. J.J. Um, Abrams was kind of like the safe but proven choice. And he didn't commit to all three. It would have been really nice to see what an entire trilogy from JJ may have looked like, but if it still arrived at the same conclusions, uh, I'm not sure it would have been the best decision either. It really felt like he smashed two movies into one with this one. And because he had kicked off the new trilogy so well, and then I enjoyed what happened in the last Jedi, I had pretty high hopes going into this until I saw all the critics feedback coming in on Twitter. And I was like, okay, I'm not going to read any of the reviews because I do want to, you know, formulate these thoughts for myself. And when I left the theater, I was kind of just like, 
oh, they did that to Ray. It was just fine. It wasn't what I wanted for the character by any means, because I think what The Last Jedi set up was something that would lead to a much more exciting future for Star Wars, but it really just fell flat in a lot of areas. So it's like the highs were high and the lows were really low. So it kind of put it somewhere in the middle for me. And this is one I'll probably rewatch again once it's out on digital or Blu-ray or whatever on Disney Plus. And maybe then I'll go back and watch the whole trilogy because I had seen The Force Awakens twice in The Last Jedi just the one time when I went to see it in theaters. So for me, it'll be nice to sort of get this picture as a whole and see if maybe then it fits in a little better instead of trying to make it fit in with my expectations of where I wanted things to go. But I do agree with you, Jonathan. It would be interesting to see what would have happened if one person directed the entire trilogy or even if, you know, just Ryan Johnson came back for this one instead. Definitely. Like, that's the thing. It's like this movie. And I think I think as much as different people are reacting to this movie in the, in their own ways. I mean, I, a number of my friends, they were like, I had a ton of fun. They're like, they're like, I loved it. They're like, did I, you know, like all the decisions? No, but they're like, I had a good time. Me, I've been like a bit more critical. And then, and so sometimes I'm like, am I being too critical? But I think as mentioned, the idea that, you know, everyone kind of wants their own individual thing out of out of these movies and if if some people are happy with uh with how this one came out and some people are happy with the uh how the last jedi came out or vice versa i mean that that's great and as long as people can have the uh a good conversation and not a toxic conversation about it you know all the more for it um you know you had mentioned deanna that you didn't want you know that plot point out of Ray. Mm -hmm. And so I think back to like how people reacted to the last Jedi where they're like, Oh, I didn't want that for Luke. You know, we don't have ownership over these movies, but um, it's one thing to, for people to all these years been like, Oh, this is what I wanted. And I didn't get that versus the last Jedi setting a very specific plot point and JJ just being like, no, we're going to do a different one. (laughs) Like it's, yeah, to me, it's like it's different than someone just being like, oh, I didn't want, you know, Ray to be a Palpatine. It's uh, it's that it doesn't make sense. Like there's no through line. And I think that's the biggest issue with these movies is maybe it should have been J.J. for all three. Maybe it should have mm-hmm. been Ryan Johnson for for the last two of them. Or maybe when Disney set out to make these movies and they absolutely know that they're going to make a trilogy, maybe have a plan. Maybe yeah. <laughs> have the same writers write the overarching uh, plot line. And I thought that was kind of the point of the story group that they have is yeah. to keep things in line. And I was like, this felt very off from that. But I do want to dive into some more specifics a little yeah. more here. So I'm going to combine the next two questions because they're related. But yeah. <laughs> what do you guys think yeah. were the best and worst character arcs in this movie in particular so the best story arc in the movie um for me i think i i gotta go with kylo uh i think throughout the entire trilogy i think he's had the most consistent arc from movie to movie okay i even think you know his turning good like uh you know i i I loved that whole part of the arc and i didn't need much more from that part of the arc because 
he has done such horrible things that there it's not like he can live and you know go back into life and be accepted by everybody i think he just needed to be redeemed enough in the same way you know vader was that um the 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 balance was brought he was turned around and he redeemed himself enough for the person that mattered but we didn't need anything beyond that and i thought they handled that really really well I really want to say that Ray had the best arc, but the fact that she becomes a Palpatine really, uh, really hinders that for me. Poe had a great arc, but I would have liked more from it. The choppy pacing really affected me from being able to really dive into it. But I think he has potentially one of the coolest arcs. Um, but uh, worst arc, um, I think I got to go with Finn um, because I don't think he had a real arc in any of the movies. Um, I think, you know, he starts out, he's a stormtrooper who turns good. I think that's a really interesting thing. Uh, Last Jedi, um, as much as I have come to, to really love that movie, um, his part of it, uh, it's, it really feels like they just don't know what to do with his character. And then in this one, he just shouts Ray all the time. Like, I'm not sure he had much more dialogue except shouting Ray or when they're going to die in uh, or they think they're going to die in, you know, Star Wars quicksand. Uh, he, he's, he's like, wait, Ray, I forgot to tell you this thing. And oh all of us think, oh, well, he's probably, you know, says that probably thinking that he, he loves you know, her, wants to say he loves her because he's just shouting Ray all the time. See, I never thought that. I feel like I'm the only one. But really he kept getting these feelings that you would see Leia have throughout, you know, the force awakens. And I was like, Oh, okay. He's force sensitive. And I just <laughs> like moved on with it. And I was like, I see why everyone else thought it was going to be something else. But I was like, I don't know if they're going to necessarily do that to his character because of everything that happened with him and Rose in the last Jedi. But yeah. you know, they did do a lot of things <laughs> different yeah. from the last Jedi. And that, and that's like, and then that, that furthers my issue with his character is that when you watch the, the other two, it's like, you can absolutely see them actually seeding the force sensitive stuff. Um, but then to the fact that he goes to say that, and then the rest of the movie, he's like, no, no, I don't want to talk about it. And then he never talks about it. And then we just find out from JJ later in an interview where he's just like, oh, yeah, this is what he was going to say. He was going to say he was yeah. force sensitive. Also, weird flex when you're about to die to just say, hey, by the way, Ray, I'm force sensitive, too. What is that going to help? But it's like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but the timing was weird, but it, it was, was so little weird. moments like when he turned to Poe and Poe was like, what were you going to say to her? And he was like, you wouldn't understand. Yeah, then yeah I they was were like, just oh, driving. Okay. They were just like classic JJ deciding to mess with the audience and be like, hey, remember, <laughs> I, I just gave you all these new questions, but screw you for wanting answers to those questions. And that's the thing. It would have been so cool. I've seen people online just be like, oh, a, a stormtrooper turned, you know, turned Jedi. How awesome a storyline would that have been? It would have, but they didn't do it. <laughs> they gave us nothing. They like they I mean, they showed us, but like it was like on the audience to tell. And I mean, don't get me wrong. Yeah. Like, obviously, you know, I, I, there's so many things that they did. It, like they kind of like practically banged our head over the, yeah. you know, over the whole thing with it, like down to like the very end with the Star Destroyer and all of that jazz. Like that was, I feel like that was obvious, but yeah, what you were saying when they're, when they're going through and like trying to describe what was that thing he was going to say in the sandpit. And then they go ahead and, bring it up again and then don't answer it 
And it's just like, it's classic. Yeah, JJ. There, there was the, it was just not, it was JJ expecting the audience to put the connection between, Hey, I showed you he's force sensitive and Hey, he was going to tell her something, but like, that's not what I thought at all. And I just thought, you know, once again, because like they kind of seeded it in the force awakens that he was like, you know, ha- no, I wouldn't say necessarily like in love with her, but had a crush on her had. Yeah. And then, and that was one of the things that like, even though I love Rose's character, I felt like it was kind of odd, you know, and I think a lot of us feel like it was kind of odd, the relationship that kind of came out of them in that film. Yeah. Um, the kiss yeah, weird. I don't, yeah. Marjani, what about you? Would you, would who you think are like the best and worst arcs? Well, I'm going to go with best. It, it's kind of the obvious because I can't give it the right. Uh, I'm going to go with Kylo because it's it's a give me, right? So Kylo's on... It was weird because Adam Driver did a interview and he said, like, uh, basically, Kylo doesn't need redeeming. What does he need to be redeemed from? And I'm like, well, you know, two movies full. Like, if you think about it, you know, Luke was the one who kind of saw this darkness in him. It was going to kill him in The Last uh, Yeah, in The Last Jedi. So he kind of goes into this darkness. He tries to have this struggle between good and bad where he kills his father. He also kind of makes the choice not to kill Leia. So like for him to ultimately go for the greater good and, you know, fight the Knights of Ren and kind of ultimately sacrifice himself, you know, that's the most complete arc that we get negative. It's a combination between Finn and Ray for me. Uh, and it goes back to the basically Ray being a Palpatine and Finn being force sensitive. So remember in the last Jedi where Kylo's talking to Ray and basically saying like her parents, your parents are just junk traders. They're nothing. Such a good scene. That was big for me because Ray's not tied to anything. Ray becomes this, our hero not tied to like the Skywalkers, to the Palpatines, to anything like that. And it goes to the ending of the movie with Broom Kid and basically him using the Force with the broom. It's the essence of the Force. It's all around us. I love Broom it's Kid. Any, yeah, yeah, anybody could feel it, right? <laughs> right. So, like, linking her automatically to Palpatine, it's like, okay, well, like, we have to it seems like this force is kind of like this elitist thing where like the most powerful has to be uh, connected to these two powerful families. And then with Finn, you know, he has, he picks up the lightsaber and force awakens. He fights Kylo, although he loses. And then he alludes to being force sensitive again, uh, the rise of Skywalker, but there's ultimately low payoff. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. was, was there anything in, in last Jedi that seemed to insinuate he was force sensitive? Cause I don't remember any of that if it came across in that film, but I just don't remember. No, it seemed like last Jedi, he was kind of just sent on like, yeah, mission. side mission yeah. with Rose. Yeah, like he he was... did seem to have a lot of good luck, though, by chance, when he, he was on he various speeders and ships yeah, and whatnot. Yeah, absolutely. So you're kind of like, like, okay, I guess I can give that to you, JJ, but I don't really <sighs> want to. Yeah. yeah. When Finn is in Last Jedi, when he's uh, you know going to sacrifice himself before Rose uh, uh, saves him, um, yeah. the... I, I felt like they were really trying to give a parallel to like Luke closing his eyes in the t- in the in the X-wing and the Death Star, like trying to oh, give okay. that like he's trusting himself. But that's about 
and that's about as far as it gets. And that's and that's me just kind of like watching it and being like, "This is what I'm getting from it." Yeah, I have, yeah. I have nothing to say that that's what it was going. It for. wasn't like the whole Star Destroyer. I feel it. I know yeah. it's that one. Yeah, kind of thing. Like it's yeah. It was that was such an odd turn, and like I felt like out of all of the things that they could have given us with Finn, like that's what they gave us. Like I would have honestly, I wrote this down, but like. You know, if we're talking about my best and, and and my my best and worst, I do think it really is Kylo because it there's no other way it could have ended for him. Like I I've, yeah. I keep going, and I saw this film three times. I will say also once again, since you know, I know Tim, you've only seen it once. Yes. Berjani, have you seen it more than once yet? Or I've, I've seen I've seen it twice. Okay, so I will say ultimately at the end, like I came out feeling like fifty fifty, where I was like, oh, there's a lot of cool stuff that worked and. It was fun, but like the choices that they made, like ultimately I give JJ all the shit for it. Like I give, like once again, I, I felt like, yeah, that was one of the cool ideas that the last Jedi had presented was that it could be anybody. And like, I felt like they gave us so many, at least places that like they could have called back to in last Jedi that I liked that they didn't like, why didn't they have, you know, broomstick kid and all of these other, like, why didn't they have her, you know, they, they show her going back to Luke Skywalker's old place on Tatooine seems to imply that that's where she's going to be taking up residence. Um, is she going to be training new Jedi? Like there is some sort of, I read some, a, a few articles saying like the color of her lightsaber blade seems to indicate that it's like, I guess Jedi guard yeah. or something like that. Yeah. The uh, yellow lightsaber. Yeah. I thoroughly and enjoyed so, the yellow lightsaber. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Like there were some parts that worked and then there was just like, I felt like some of it was cool. Like the fan service, some of it was just bad fan service. Like there was the, the whole thing with Palpatine was unnecessary, especially since like, it would have been fine if they had done it in the second film. And then we had explored like, Oh, Hey, the emperor's back. Instead we got, Oh, Hey, the emperor's back. Oh, Hey, the emperor actually had a kid. And then that kid had a kid. Like yeah. we had so much to digest and I would have rather her just been a nobody. Like, honestly, at this point in the trilogy, I would have rather her just become been a nobody. And I liked the fact that she took up the Skywalker name at the end. And I thought that was great. We, she didn't need to be a Palpatine. And uh, I just felt it was silly. So I felt like Kylo really at the end, he did have the best arc. And I do. I was a little upset that he died, you know, so quickly after. But it makes total sense. He's not redeemable. You know, he's he's done like, yeah, he is redeemable in the sense of like he can die a noble death. And that was shown in how he passed. Yeah. But other than that, he's you know, he'd be like tried for war crimes. <laughs> so it would have to be, you know, intergalactic war crimes. Yeah. He can't come he's back like, and be like, hey, guys, he can't be come cool. back from that. So like ultimately I found myself being OK with that part. But um, it was kind of a bummer to show that they like essentially struck a balance of the force between the two of them, their bond, you know, bringing back the emperor and that scene, like the power that they had together. Um, so it was kind of a bummer, but like, that was another thing. It's like everyone in our first screening, you know, everyone was just kind of like a little shocked when the kiss happened, but like in our second and third screening, people laughed during those scenes. It's weird. That's oh, I hated the kiss. So Did anyone weird. laugh at your screenings? <laughs> Did anyone else laugh yeah. or like, oh, make yeah. a weird, like that's not what you want. Yeah. <laughs> and and that was like that was the fascinating but remember i was with like the people i was seeing this movie with were all seeing it for their first time pretty much like most of the theater was seeing it for their first time yeah like 
Like that moment, it could have been such a great moment of the fact that he sacrificed his entire life force to bring her back. Right. Um, and it's a great payoff from the scene earlier when she just gives a little bit of her life force to to heal him. Save him. And, yeah. uh, and so it was this great payoff. And it could have been done with just them looking at each other without saying anything or yeah. even with even with like Kylo like looking at her and saying like thank you you know for the fact that she you know yeah. saved him from the dark side basically and then dies like there were that, so that many kiss ways you ended could've... up being like the fart in the elevator yeah like it, it was just <laughs> like, like all right so bad i think it goes back to like the the whole thin choice thing right where they're, they're teasing this whole thing i have to tell you something yeah. and then you know and the force awakens like it seems like there are there is some chemistry there they ultimately pulled the love thing between Kylo and Rey. And it just felt awkward. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it was just like, really? Like, you guys aren't going to, like, instead, like, in Last Jedi, like, one of the things I had a problem with is like, oh, well, like, you pair Finn with Rose, and it seems like they're going to have a love story. And then they briefly hint at it in Rise of Skywalker when Rose kind of glances back when Finn's like, go ahead, go, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, we're, we're going to, and then no payoff. You know what I mean? Yeah. Her character was done such a disservice yeah. in this film because she like she was ultimately like the one I felt like JJ did the worst. And she was a great character who was given a ton of shit from once again the worst part of the internet. Mm-hmm. And I I felt like that whole scene where she was and I say she has the word, but all the people that I felt like had bad arcs are once again because they were written that way. Not because I disagreed with what the characters we're necessarily doing the yeah. whole time. It's just like, even Rose, they're like, you want to come on this adventure with us? Nah, Leia's <laughs> making me stay behind and like study maps. You know, like, it's just like, damn. And even she had this like look of like depression on her face. And I'm not saying like, you know, like, oh, she should have smiled. It was more like, even she like looked like this is bullshit. My, my homework <laughs> that my mom, my mom's giving me, you know, like. And that's the thing, like she, even her like not going on the the mission with the uh with the core characters it's like i get that and that's fine because the that part of the movie was so jam packed way too jam packed that that whole first hour was uh i'm sure we'll get the pacing but there there's that um but she like i get her not going with them because she's not one of the three main leads and they're going off and doing this thing like that's fine but they gave her nothing to do with where she the stayed the and then yeah. we we get we get uh, the guy from lord of the rings who i like him a lot i like that actor but literally almost every single one of his lines could have been hers and then it was yeah. and i feel like it would have been better she doesn't have to go on the adventure with all of them but she needed to be an, a key character in some other way because we already knew her but instead jj gives gives us a new character to one of his buddies that we don't care about. I don't care yeah. who, who he is. I don't know. And his I can't even remember name. his lines. Right. Like, it's exactly. funny. Like I remember everyone laughing when they saw him. I knew he was going to be in the film. So it wasn't really a surprise to me, but like, I can't even remember any lines aside from like, there's too many of them or something like, yeah. I can't remember him having more than one or two lines. So the and fact may, that and you maybe he didn't, I don't, lines, maybe he didn't, I don't know, but I feel I like whatever really remember, his lines were, it should have been hers. <laughs> yeah. And they weren't even, yeah. Like all of these moments that like, were given like would have been better servicing other things were instead servicing these other things. And it was just, Oh yeah, sorry. I will, I, I take it, <laughs> but I will also say that like, uh, 
I want to say that like when you say like, oh, you know, she could have been doing so much back from the base. It's true because like, you know, think about it. Like even Poe is stuck on that ship in that last movie and he still found a way to be Mm -hmm. doing something. You know, it's like they, they, they had him doing things and like, this just felt like she was just so underutilized. And it's, that was one of the, like I say, the bright spots of the last Jedi for me was her and that badass scene with her sister at the beginning of the film. And she was just, just tossed aside here. And it was, it was a real shame. Real quick. uh, Another minor one, General Hux. uh, (laughs) uh, He's the spy. He's the mole and just gets shot. See ya. Like, that's it. <laughs> I feel bad. I actually spoiled that for myself months ago. And I, I have to say, like, now knowing that, because after, there was, like, no leaks for the first film. Like, there were, like, the only leaks for The for the Force Awakens came from Harrison Ford accidentally in an interview. <laughs> like, they, were, they kept it locked down. And this one was, like, they had so many leaks from this yeah. film. And I didn't even read them, but I remember reading that General Hux one that he would be, like, a mole before the first trailer even came out oh like like it was and i just remember being like oh like i could see that but i also could see it not happening and then it happened i was like oh my god i was was i was kind of like oddly okay with it but only for the fact that his character has just been so punchable for the entire trilogy so far that all i wanted out of his character in this movie was i was just waiting for just like I wanted him to just get killed in a really stupid way just because, but I wanted it to be like Kylo or something like that. Yeah. But this ended up working out even better for me because, and I'm not saying it's good from the storytelling perspective, but I just laughed so hard when he just turns and he's like, I'm the mole. Like I lost it. And I was like, you know what? Cool. I'm into it. And then he ends up getting shot in the, in like the, the most like tossed aside way. And I'm like, good, you deserve that. You don't get to turn around and just be like, I'm the mole. I'm cool now. It's like, no, you're dumb. You're dead. Especially (laughs) since he lined out his reasons to just be like, this is some mean girls level esque shit. Yeah. He's like, I just hate Kylo, but I don't, I just hate Kylo. Like, yeah, (laughs) but I hate, you know, the friend of the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Yeah. Okay, he was. Uh, I was ready yeah, for him to was, go, so I was just like, you know what? That was funny. I'm, I'm whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, I think I'd say it sounds like we. I, I'm Deanna. What about you? Do, who do you think are like the best and worst? Because it sounds like most of us agree that Kylo had a pretty, pretty decently fleshed out one. I clearly don't like Kylo's story arc as much as you guys mm. do, so <laughs> I'm actually going to argue on Ray's behalf because the thing with Kylo, and I wouldn't say his is the worst by any means either. I mean, you could kind of argue that some parts of it were because for me, I would have loved to see Kylo survive at the end and then have to go through the motions of actually living with what he did because he never really gets enough time as a good person to live with everything he did that was horrendous before that. And I would have loved to see that struggle in him. And I'm also not entirely convinced he should have been able to save Rey because we've only seen that really used with Jedi. And you're like, okay, so clearly this is something maybe the Sith can't do. And then all of a sudden Kylo's able to do it. So I think the last part of his character arc for me was what I didn't like about it. But the rest throughout, you know, the other movies and everything, that I think worked really well for his character. But with Rey... She gets this news that she is 
related to one of the most horrible people in the Star Wars universe, and she refuses to accept that. So I think while I was very annoyed about the whole Palpatine thing, yeah. I was kind of relieved that at least Ray didn't accept it. And she's like, no, nah, I'm just going to take the Skywalker name, which, albeit isn't great, but it's better than taking the Palpatine name and just being like, yeah, but I'm good. Don't worry about it, guys. <laughs> yeah. Like, that felt like, like I said, everything with her being a Palpatine, just like I hated so much. And I hated, like, that they picked, in my opinion, like, once again, if they had done it, maybe I'd feel differently if they had introduced the idea in the second film and given us mm-hmm. more backstory it to fill it in. But, like, we're supposed, yeah, like, it <laughs> no. wasn't seated at <laughs> yeah. all. Like, i much rather, and and I also, I mentioned this somewhere else in my notes, but, like, I felt personally that if you're going to do the whole fan service thing, make her a Kenobi, (laughs) make her a Kenobi and then have the Kenobi TV show that's coming up, fill in all those gaps. Yeah. I'm not saying it's my first choice, but it would have been, I would have been way less conflicted and it would have been such a better reveal in my opinion Mm -hmm. to be like, Oh, Hey, guess what? Like Luke, you know, he started as the student and he becomes the teacher to the Kenobi line, you know, like, Kenobi taught him and then, you know, he teaches a Kenobi. And we know that Kenobi's gone. So there would be no reason to try and bring him back for the movie. Exactly. We thought Palpatine was gone, but oh, just kidding, everyone. Not dead. And it's just like, but how, why, what? Yeah. Yeah. I I feel like the Palpatine thing was the worst of Reddit theories. Yeah. Yeah. And I saw that theory too. Yeah. I saw, saw that theory. Like, Okay, Palpatine clones himself. Palpatine, like, if you read canon, if you read legends, stuff like that, okay, Palpatine has these powers where he could kind of, like, inject his essence into other clone Palpatines. But there was this scene at the end of the movie where it looked like uh, they're in in the dark area and there's, like, a million different clones. And it reminded me of that scene from Spawn when Swan goes into hell and then there's just these horrible like copies of himself that he has to, has to kill. Um, I felt, I was like, ah oh, man, like, and it wasn't even like totally clear if like Snoke was actually a real thing or if he was some clone. Cause it looked like they had pieces, like different cl- Snoke clones. I think Palpatine made batch. some comment that he created Snoke. He created so it, yeah. it yeah, sounded yeah. like he, he just it. had a bunch of them on hand in you know these weird creepy tanks i will give them credit though for making all the palpatine scenes look like they came out of a horror movie i will give them credit there yeah that was cool that's the thing the movie always looked cool like even it looked great from start to finish yeah absolutely i didn't like what was being said or done in some areas i was yeah i could sit there and be like this looks great like this yeah oh god yeah that that whole scene the color tone and palette that they went with for this one was really great the scene where they're doing the speeder chase and they have all like the fireworks and stuff like that was great you know it looked it looked great but that was never something that was ever like something that we were the prequels set digital you know like what could be done with digital and like no one ever argues that part (laughs) it's like not not a surprise but yeah i just uh there's so much so much wrong at the same time that it's like overarches it yeah and you know, like I said, I'm arguing here for Ray's character arc, but there are specific things that I want to get to in a second that I really hated that they did to her character. And, 
you know, I just quickly want to note the worst arc for me, hands down, was Rose because they just did her such a huge disservice. And it was like, oh, yeah, she was basically a character in this who seemed to not have any importance at all to the resistance. And we're like, yeah, but she just had this whole movie that she did important things in. So I don't know how you get to this character arc for her, which is basically no character arc. So, you know, I am not very happy about that at all. But they took they took away a lot of Rose's stuff and they basically gave it to either Janna or Zori Bliss. Right. Right. Uh, Even though I like the Zori Bliss stuff, especially like kind of, you know, going back to Poe and being a spice runner and then Janna kind of um, being also being a former stormtrooper. I'm like, did we really need that like we could have gave a lot more to Rose, who had a previous uh, relationship with with Finn, instead of like giving him another character to take away from either him saying "Where's Ray" or acting on the little hint that you gave while he's with Janna. So it's like, all right, uh, you know what I mean? Like, even though these are cool, and maybe I want to see more of them, like this is supposed to wrap up the trilogy of things that we've already done. He introduced too many characters, I think, in this one that didn't really seem to serve a greater purpose to the story. I thought Zori Bliss did, but yeah, like just because with that coin. Yeah, for for Poe's story, I did like that introduction of Zori because I feel like they've planted a seed that they can return to with that, at least. I would totally love a show with the two of them. Oh, man. That would be, I just thought about that, yeah. Their moment at the end, like I, I loved that it, when they're yeah. just like looking at each other, and uh, and you get the entire conversation without them saying, yeah, saying oh anything. god, like, that was great. There were, it was there so were funny. Like, it's funny though. It, it's funny as much as I'm like, I, like I said, I feel like I left this film leaving like fifty percent. You know, it was just like, oh man, like the fifty percent that was good was really good. And then, like, the 50% that was bad was really bad. <laughs> so yeah. it, like, completely evens it out where it's just like, but those were some of the things where I'm like, oh, man, the the unspoken, like, communique that they had at the very end where he's like, he kind of, like, gives that look where I forget. It was like, it's like, should I? And then she's like, no. <laughs> like, yeah. Is it, like, is it this? Nah, no, it's yeah. not. But they were just, like, really cute about it. And Yeah. Uh, yeah, but absolutely. I felt like, sorry, we're getting away from, I'm I'm getting so away from, but like Rose, yeah, she was just, she had so much she could have contributed. Other lines that like, I think I've seen so many people say, oh, all these other characters very well could have been servicing Rose. The Jana thing too, it's like, just since we're talking about her, I was really upset that we didn't get any sort of answer about Finn. And then on addition, they're like, oh yeah, by the way, here's this other person who we don't know who her parents are. Like neither of them know. And then for them to even walk closer to the line at the very end and have Lando be like, Hey kid, who are your parents? Don't know. Well, guess what? They're not me, but let's go find them. Like, are we sure it's not Lando though? I feel like JJ would do that. (laughs) Yeah. You mean when, you mean when, uh, when Billy D Williams was, oddly flirting with his potential daughter oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh I didn't even... i'm like what is going on here i got some real vibes from that scene and i was like "Ooh." here's the thing like i i know it's like obviously there's more black people in the star wars universe that we're not seeing and so it's not like the only black person we had been you know in, introduced to early on was lando but like 
I I always loved the idea that maybe he would come in at the at the end and reveal to be like Finn's dad or or even if they had revealed that like this girl was related to Finn. We don't know anything about Finn other than he defected. Mm-hmm. And it's like every, so much story attention was given to Ray, 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 Ray. And I'm just like, man, I would have really liked to know more about Finn. And yeah, it's just, just like when they brought back Jana, they were like, "Hey, I defected too." And yeah, it's like, like yeah. "Oh, cool! All, all right, let's let's hang out together. Let's join a like, club." <laughs> but it would have yeah. been cool if they were li- if they had at least revealed that they were related. Like, oh, like they find out they were taken from the same place, and then they put the two together. You know, like that yeah. would have been cool. Like, I don't necessarily need him, but any sort of like idea of where he comes from. He doesn't know anything about where he came from or his family, and so it's just like that was a bummer. Yeah, and yeah. that's my that's my thing with with really a lot of the stuff in the movie with the you know the lack of Rose that we get the the too much but not enough of Finn uh, of you know Finn and these other characters that we get you know the bit of po- uh, Poe's backstory we just we were introduced to so many different things with all these extra backstories or side stories there's definitely at least two movies worth of material in this one movie and my biggest thing is like. Who says this needed to be a trilogy? Like, maybe they should have just done four movies and, yeah. you know, spread all of this out. And maybe we would have felt better about stuff. Maybe not everything, but at least it would have been fleshed out more. And then on top of that, you finish at an even 10. That sounds pretty good for the St- Skywalker saga. I would have been fine with that. Or like I said, I would have been fine with JJ just realizing, like, what an undertaking and how much care should have been given to this. And, like, ultimately, I came out feeling not quite the same, but, like, I remember, like, at the end of the Matrix trilogy, just being like, oh, I really wish we had just had one Matrix movie. <laughs> you know, like, it just, you don't want something messing with the legacy. Yeah, Reloaded was kind of like, you're like, what? And then, like, Revolutions is like, Oh, that's a cool fight scene at the end. What? Yeah. Like, what's going on? Oh, hey, the Jesus is here. I don't know about these other Matrix movies you guys are talking about. I, I don't, I've never <laughs> heard of them. <laughs> and then, and then now we have like more coming back, and it's just like, uh, I think like everyone's riding on the high of Keanu having like his moment again. And like, well, that's okay because we're going to have, Ke- we're going to have National Keanu Day. So I'm okay with that. That's- yeah. Yeah. No, I'm doing wrong. All respect. But like, <laughs> just because things can happen doesn't mean they should. Yeah, And I'm starting to re- like, don't get me wrong. There's so much about this new trilogy that was good. And ultimately at the end of the day, like this is for new people. Like we were kids when we discovered yeah. this stuff, it's for new people. And that's why I felt like the stuff that they did well, they did really well here. Yeah. I've been seeing a lot of people say that their kids love it. And I'm like, yeah. cool. Awesome. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm happy right. to see that just the star Wars. Well, my childhood's ruined. <laughs> 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 i'm happy to see no, that just for generations it you know blends and everything but yeah. yes there's all those people on the internet <laughs> to go off uh deanna's point kind of like picking ray to kind of be the best thing to say something positive because it seems like i'm just like shitting all over the movie but <laughs> i'm trying i'm trying to trying to be positive too yeah the move okay one thing that the movie does well is choices right yeah ray is a palpatine but she ultimately chooses the good yeah uh kylo you know, he right. gets a urge to kind of go to the dark side, but like with his uh, talk with Han, which is very Batman versus Superman esque. Same screenwriter. When, uh, super, when, yeah, when Superman, <laughs> yeah, it's Chris Terry. Uh, like he has that the talk with him, like he chooses there. What I thought would have been more effective, or a thing is like with uh, with Finn, 
not knowing where he go, where he is from, like obviously, like he's parentless. And Jana, another cool thing that they that they did is like they were both stormtroopers, but they chose to kind of like go in yes. the resistance. So I like the whole thing that they do with you know what, like even though you may have a particular bloodline, or even though you have made bad choices in the past, you can ultimately choose the other way or be redeemed or anything of that nature. So that thing I particularly liked. Uh, can I also bring up, someone mentioned this, but like how you're telling me that the guy who's got the force was a stormtrooper and shot like shit for all those years. <laughs> <laughs> someone mentioned this in passing, but it's so funny. And I, I think especially for anyone who's up on Mandalorian, the uh, the intro scene from a recent Mandalorian episode knows what I'm talking about. But yeah, it's stormtroopers are notoriously bad at shooting, and you know apparently Finn is not. So how did this guy not get a promotion somewhere in his stormtrooper career? I have no idea. But <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. I agree with you, Marjani, on on all of that. Well, I'm glad you went with a positive note real quick there on Ray because I'm about to go the opposite way and go a little negative on some of the pieces of her character arc that I thought were just handled pretty poorly. And a lot of it does have to do with the pacing of the movie, which we will get to in a little bit. But I found that it wasn't super forgivable that Ray just chooses to try and kill Kylo. And the fact that she is so engrossed in beating him that she fake kills Chewie <laughs> because it just felt like one of those things where I was like, okay, this happened and they don't give you time to process it. So did you guys also find that they kind of just expected you to forgive Ray right away for the bad choices she made and just be like, oh, okay, we're just going to move past that and pretend it didn't happen? I mean, uh, the, as far as moving past it, yeah, I mean, that's a that's a whole pacing thing. As uh, As far as... Um, as far as storytelling, um, that stuff didn't bother me. I actually thought I, I thought that stuff with Ray was pretty compelling of just the fact that she, she's been building herself up with this power of the Jedi and everything. And you see, you see in her, in her arc of this movie, um, her start to, um, lean to the, to the other, the other side of the force, uh, whether it's because she's a Palpatine or if she wasn't a Palpatine, I still think it either way it would have worked, especially. And then you get the conversation with Luke later where he he discusses, you know, how running away, um, uh, running away was was a mistake. And, um, you know, they it, they go through all the stuff that the two of them learned together really in um, The Last Jedi. But then she was going down uh down a separate path i was fine with the particular scene uh the whole chewy thing it's it's dumb like it's just dumb movie logic like it's just oh hey she killed chewy but no she didn't it's like we know we know and it's just one of those things that i i just kind of accept i'm i'm whatever about it uh it happens in in big blockbuster movies all the time where they try to do these fake outs and it just really doesn't work. We know what's coming. We know that you didn't actually fake us out. So it's fine. Uh, how I felt about that scene really comes to how I feel about the use of the force in this movie. Uh, Deanna, you mentioned earlier, uh, you know, not understanding of, 
oh kylo has this power to like give his life force to mm-hmm. the for the 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 use of the force is so off the charts in this movie and makes no sense of i, I mean and maybe there's extended universe stuff and whatever but as far as it comes to the movies you shouldn't have to read any of that stuff to understand it but yeah. What it what it comes down. I'm looking at you, Kevin Feige, who tells me I have to watch all these stupid TV shows just to understand <laughs> Doctor Strange too. I'll watch them all for you guys. Don't worry. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> um, and, yeah, I will uh, absolutely be watching. And, and it's funny you mention that because I do think that like Marvel will probably do a. Whereas like with Star Wars, you don't have to watch the Mandalorian to like understand. Yeah, the yeah. Star Wars film, although there was kind of some of that type of stuff in the Mandalorian. Yeah, like the week that it came out, like it was like the week before the Star Wars movie came out. It's like the whole force healing stuff. Yeah. You know, that was kind of a thing that was introduced, but like they've never explicitly been like, oh, yeah, you better. And and, and thank God for good reason. You know, like there are different Mandalorian does different things well and different things not so well. Yeah. I think it works for Star Wars. I think what works for Star Wars, and we'll talk about this later, but like, you know, playing within the sandbox, but doesn't everything have to be connected? Whereas like Marvel, I think they've got a better grip on that type of stuff. So I'm cautiously optimistic. Yeah. Cautiously optimistic for Marvel stuff. Yeah. 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 And so, and so like, when it comes to all the crazy four stuff, you're introduced. Uh, it's like, all right, you give me the scene of her healing the weird snake thing. And it's like, all right, well, this is going to come back later. Uh, them grabbing onto the ship uh, and, you know, tugging back and forth. Frankly, the way I feel about a number of the scenes with Crazy Four stuff is uh, I was just totally cool with it because what it comes down to is I was like, you know what? I've been, you know, playing Star Wars video games and stuff like that and watching Star Wars movies and everything. Uh, Using Force powers like that is just really cool to watch. And so it was one of those scenes where, I just I felt this the scene was kind of dumb, but seeing Kylo, you know, walk out of the wreckage of his TIE fighter and then them just having this tug of war with a ship uh, using the force. I it, it just harkened back to me playing like the force unleashed. And I'm like, yeah, no, this is badass. Like, I yeah, I love I, seeing that. Stuff. Yeah. So I was just like I was like, you know what? It's like, just give me all the crazy force powers that that you can give me because it's just I dig it. You know, the it makes the force more interesting. I feel the same way. Like I played all the Force Unleashed games. I played Jedi Knight and Dark Forces as a kid. Like you knew what Star Wars could be because of these video games, because of what you read about in the expanded universe books. But like you'd never really seen it done on film until these kind of movies came out. And yeah. that was kind of nice. And like honestly, I mean, ultimately, like I mean, I know the question you're kind of asking here, Deanna, is that. You know, it's, it's it's kind of that is Ray forgivable, right? You know, mm-hmm. since you know because of what she did, and- or are those actions in particular just yeah. so easy to wave off as oh she made mistakes? Because to me, those were two pretty big mistakes. Like you do not put Chewie's life in danger. What are you doing? And even though they were like oh just kidding, there was another transport, which is a whole different issue <laughs> you know <laughs> right well so here's the thing with with that scene like first off i feel like right off the bat i knew it wasn't him because they didn't have any like shots of him like you know pounding on the windows and seeing her if down they would if they would have killed off chewbacca that way off, yeah like- uh, not only chewbacca they killed off luke they killed off han and and leia was gonna die if they would have killed all four 
uh, fans would have showed up to J.J. Abrams' house with pitchforks yeah, and yeah, so. lighted torches. Like, there's no way they were going to kill Chewy. all those people off, you know what I mean? It just felt there weren't as many consequences for Rey's actions yeah. as there should have been. You know, Kylo's whole arc, he suffers the biggest consequence. He dies because of everything he's done beforehand. Just being good isn't enough to save him. But with Rey, it's just like, oh yeah, she... Uh, pretty much killed people and we're just gonna let it go <laughs> well with that scene you know when it was happening i'm like oh force lightning oh she has force lightning that's usually a sith power <laughs> like what is going on yeah like, so i like that she's reveal. able to do this yeah yeah like she's i'm like hmm i mean that's i think that now if they didn't do the whole big thing in the beginning where palpatine's like you know like the dead speak and then like palpatine is kind of uh cloning snoke's you yeah. know like chia pets or whatever like that. And like <laughs> if, if they would have did that, like switch that scene first yeah. where it's like, Oh, Ray has like Sith powers. Like what the hell is going on? Yeah. Like, all right. There's more to this. Um, Great point. I liked it per- particularly because with the Sith, they act on anger. They act on rage. Yep. And this was the point where Ray was kind of doing that in a kind of standoff with Kylo. Uh, like, you know what I mean? Like she's, there's this whole tug of war thing and it kind of went into like the last Jedi where she's like doing the training and they show the whole mirror image of herself. Yeah. Uh, and then again, when she goes into the old Death Star and goes into like that, like whole Sith thing where she sees the darker image of herself. Oh, that was cool. Uh, um, there's this whole play on like the darkness within her. So yeah. I didn't really hate that. Uh, like what Tim said, like, I hated the Chewbacca thing. I'm like, okay, this is an obvious fake out. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you didn't really need to, like, have Ray, like, oh my god, I killed Chewbacca. And then, I think not even two scenes later, they're like, Chewbacca's on the show. Yeah, and you yeah. find yeah. out before they do. You <laughs> yeah. find out before yeah. they do. So it's like, how are you supposed to feel sympathetic knowing he's actually alive? Like, it's just like, completely took it out of that. Like if we had found out the only forgivable thing would be if we had found out with them at the same time, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's like the audience, uh, the audience knows like before, like the trio knows. So like, it was like, Oh, Chewbacca's on the ship. All right. It's, it was basically a placeholder for them to go to their next mission. Yeah. Right, yeah. We have to go to the Imperial ship to, to like rescue Chewbacca. Now it was like the thing uh, to me, with this movie is there there's a hell of a lot of conveniences yes okay? <laughs> many 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 <laughs> there's a uh an automatic gassed up ship for them like just sitting there you mean the ship that's been sitting in the desert all this time for you know what i mean like uh the whole wayfinder thing where ray kind of like takes it and is like oh there's a compass here like you know what i mean like it's just like those conveniences is like all right well like I don't know if it's the force or anything like that. There's obviously either screenwriting or something like that. That is basically helping them on their way at the every given point. So it's like, all right, well, Chewbacca's quote unquote death. It's just basically to advance the plot and it's kind of cheap. Yeah. yeah. And, it, and I know it's funny because I know I just said like, I don't like it. Despite me not loving the fact that she's a Palpatine, it would have been a cooler reveal than just knowing. He, like you said, it would have been a much cooler reveal had they done it that way. Where they're like, instead of like, oh, surprise, he's he's been alive this whole time. And here he is at the beginning of the film. And like, they were just so cavalier about being like, oh, yeah, by the way, the emperor's back in this movie. Like, yeah. they weren't even making it like whatever happened to reveals like that was 
Yeah. That was like at least what we thought we were going to be getting. And they've just been like, just don't care. You know, like right. I think it was like also once again, like their way of saying, hey, guys, like we're trying to steer the ship back into a way that like the fanboys think our sh- our movie should go. And it was just so sad. And like, uh, but like, yeah, I feel like Ray, the stuff that she did, you know, it was it, also I also just realized like when they were fighting over the ship, they also fought over the lightsaber in the film yeah. before it. And so mm-hmm. like that was a, a theme I didn't even put together until now. But like. I guess that part was cool, but yeah, it was like the first time we had seen her angry because if you think about it, the first few times they fought, like even in the first film, she was like trying to tap into the light side when they're on that like, you know, big death star killer base planet or whatever. And they're fighting the first time. I guess what annoyed me most with the fake Chewie death scene was how quickly they just got over it and left. They were like, yeah. no, Chewie, and then bye. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, they were right, they we were being chased, to be fair, you know, but like, yeah. yeah, they didn't really like even have any sort of like grieving scene or anything that I remember afterwards. No. They're just being chased from that. Yeah. Level. And then because we do find out he's still alive, like, what, the two minutes gone. later? <laughs> Audience know, doesn't like, give a shit anymore. Oh, okay. And I just meant more so the action of Ray possibly putting Chewie in that position because she should have known better to just let the transport go and go rescue Chewie later because that's what happens anyway but that but that kind of goes to the whole dark side thing too it's just like when yeah when you're tapping to that kind of side of yourself uh, and she has such hatred for kylo uh that like she basically discards all that it's all like a position of power like you know what i mean like we're kids fighting over a toy grabs yeah when she like First of all, when she grabbed the ship of the force, I was like, yo, like, what? Like, she, she's using the force to grab an entire damn ship. Yeah. Like, I thought that was pretty, the cool, like, reveals of her being so strong in the force. Yeah. But, like, that's kind of my rationale for it. And actually, Deanna, the, the I just thought of this as we've been discussing it. And I meant and realized that I was talking about that scene where she ends up speaking with, like, uh, Force Ghost Luke, mm-hmm. um, and the, I, I'm going to have to defer to uh, to those of you who have seen it more than once to see if I have the timeline of when this happens correct. But uh, I'm pretty sure, like the scene with like Chewie and stuff like that, that happens, um, and you know she freaks out and she used this power. She tapped into the dark side. Uh, I don't remember how long after. Uh, she ends up, you know, running away to to the island and then having the conversation with Luke. But I feel like that conversation with Luke is kind of her reeling with r- reeling with the consequences of how she's been reacting to to the Force. Like she she's horrified of her own power and is like, I'm gonna go. I I just need to hide away because I can't. I can't be trusted. Like I, I can't be trusted with this power. Um, and so I, I do feel like she does, um, she does deal with that. Um, I would definitely agree that, I mean, the, in terms of the, the, in terms of the movie's pacing and we keep dancing, dancing around it, the pacing is just bad. Like it's, it's bad. It's rushed. Uh, it sometimes has these really wonderful, beautiful, uh, you know, quiet moments, but then before you know it, boom, we're on to the next thing. Yeah. Yeah. They, I think they go Poe like, all right, we got to go to kimchi because they have to get the uh, Sith dialogue from C3PO. 
Right. Yeah. And then that's when they do that. Then Ray senses that Chewbacca's alive. Yes, that's right. I was trying to remember if she knew how she knew it because I remember that they found out. I just couldn't remember how. And yeah, that that whole thing. I guess I was just more upset with the fact that by the end of it, Ray actually suffered no consequences because she didn't kill Kylo. She turned around and saved him. And then she didn't really kill Chewie and Chewie's fine at the end. So for Ray herself, there weren't as many consequences as I thought they were going to have with that struggle between the light side and the dark side. But, you know, like I said, overall, well, you got Leia's passing, you know, I guess you could say like Leia's passing was like, I, I don't, maybe I'm, I'm misunderstanding what you're, what you're getting at. I um, I mean, I'm thinking you're saying like, it sounded like you were saying like Kylo, you know, she kills him, but then she brings him back and then like, like two seconds Chewie, later. But he's yeah. Dead. Yeah. But like Leia, I guess would be the only lasting thing that came from that type of stuff right because she did not come back and ben did i guess ben you know she killed ben and then brought him back and then he died anyway so right i mean but i guess she didn't do that one so that's not really her fault yeah it was more of just in the moment i was kind of like okay well you know even though people would have hated it maybe they should have killed chewy and, you know, Leia, her situation for me was totally different simply because of Carrie Fisher's passing in real life. That was a story arc that I was much more willing to forgive. I wasn't a huge right. fan of what they did with the character, but they did they what they could it as given this. Yeah. Right, exactly, yeah, given the, the circumstances. But I'll take that over a Grand Moff Tarkin. Yeah, I know yeah, we've been yeah. touching on pacing here and there throughout, so. Why don't we go ahead and talk about that a little more because there are a lot of pacing issues and I think we're all pretty much in agreement on that. But, you know, there are still quite a few things we want to get to here. So let's just hit the pacing real quick and carry on. Yeah, I mean, I I feel like I've almost said as much as I can for for, for the pacing. Uh, the whole Fair. first half. <laughs> uh, yeah, full, whole first half of the movie uh, should have been its own movie. Um, you know, maybe if JJ wanted to erase the last Jedi, uh, you know, like Jonathan said, he should have just done all three movies and the first half of this movie could have been the second movie. Yeah. And I, I, so I don't know, but it's just, it was, uh, jump to this, jump to this, jump to this, jump to this. Um, the second half of it, the pacing was definitely a lot better. It just felt like every time I was given some new interesting storyline that I was like, oh, this is so cool. Boom. We're gone. And we're moving yeah. on. Uh, and so it's the I the the movie's biggest flaw and um, that, you know, everyone can have their different opinions of, of what of uh, what character choices and things. But when it comes down to it, the the pace, the pacing is just too rushed. And everyone I've spoken to, even the ones who thoroughly enjoyed the movie, say that, yeah, it was just a lot all at once and it was so yeah. hard to just process what was happening and then afterwards you're just questioning things because you can't remember when they happened because they happened too quickly yeah yeah I, I agree like i felt like uh you know they they introduced all this like cool stuff at the beginning but pacing was ultimately so awkward they go from planet to planet like i guess i kind of understand like i was actually kind of hoping they would not go back to octo or octu or whatever the hell luke's planet <laughs> of exile was uh, just a little island, and, you know, because I just did. I never wanted to see Porgs ever again. You shut um, your mouth, <laughs> unless it's like on Chewbacca's plate at dinner. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I, I do it wrong. I love like 
Just kidding. for just some reason, force ghost Luke just, just eating boards. Yeah, yeah, just like chilling. But like once again, like I understand like the exile end of it, and that's why she went there. But force yeah. ghost Luke can show up anywhere; it doesn't have to be there. But like, I ultimately like I understand it. She was trying to exile herself, and she was trying to like go down the path he had gone, finding out the info that she had. But it was just. Yeah, they just go so many places, and it's like by the time you start to like settle in, it's like like you said, we're going somewhere else, and like you know, it's just uh, it reminds me of that scene. And and if anyone watches Rick and Morty, all of, like there's a new episode where like they're t- doing a heist episode, and they just keep going place to place. You son of a bitch, I'm in. You know, like very <laughs> quick, very quick. Like we're going to all these different places, and we're introducing all these new people, and we're doing it at like breakneck speed. So, like, hopefully you aren't, like, too drawn to anything because we're not going to stay here long. But, yeah. And what do do you think, Marjani? First 30 minutes of this movie was insane. Yeah. Like, it was just, like, boom, Exegol. Boom. We go to back to the Rebel base and we talk to – we see, like, uh, Rey uh, doing some practice with uh, Princess Leia there. Then, boom, we go to Rey, Finn, and Poe, Chewbacca, BB-8, and C-3PO going into Millennium Falcon. Then, boom. All right, we have we're learning about Ochi. We're gonna see if his ship is there. All right, we see Lando. Boom! It, it was just like plot point after plot point after plot point after plot point. You had to like catch your breath, and it, it was like the second and third acts of the movie was like catching your breath. It was like okay, all this stuff happened, and then now it seems like we're kind of settling into the big finale. And I don't know if it really took away from the finale for me, but it was such at a break, breakneck speed that I kind of agree with you guys. Like why even have a trilogy? Why yeah. have, you know, you've done it before where you've had part one and part two, break this up into two movies. And it goes back to the point of kind of Disney's handling with uh, Lucasfilm and kind of like the star Wars franchise. Like if you look at say solo, right? Lord Miller complete 70% of the movie and then they get booted off. <laughs> and then and that's felt because it's not star- yeah because it's not star warsy enough you know what i mean so with three different directors like initially you were going to have three different movies you were going to have three different interpretations of what star wars is and here like bringing j like we've said before like bringing jj back and he's like all right this is what i did in star wars force awakens right this is what i would have did if i stayed for eight let me explain to you what I would have done. And then here's the movie of what Rise of Skywalker should be. Then that's what it felt like. The pacing is crazy until maybe the last 30 minutes of the film where you're like, okay, like I can kind of like rest easy now and kind of take it in all this information. But there's so much information that you get that if you, you're not, if you know, don't know canon, if you don't know legends or stuff like that, you're it's going to go over your head or there's so many threads that are open that you're like, all right, are they intentionally doing this for Disney plus down the line or they're just not going to explain it? Yeah. I don't know. Like it's definitely like kind of tossed in. It's tossed some doubt into everything. Like I, like I said, I really enjoy the Mandalorian. I mean, it's not perfect. And you know, we'll talk about that eventually on this show, but like it is not perfect, but like it shows what like living inside the star Wars sandbox can be like. Uh, if if done and I and, and and for all the shit it gets, like I thought Solo was okay. I I 
it yeah, was fun. I do agree that like it, it, it was a little bit of a bummer that if you're going to hire directors, like let them do their thing, like as much as, and also kind of in a weird way. Now I'm wondering if a Colin Trevorrow third film would have been so bad. <laughs> Cause I remember, but here's the thing that like, even with Rogue One, it was supposed to be darker. Yeah. It was actually supposed to be darker than a lot of it was. And then, you know, like Disney stepped in and was like, all right, can we Star Wars this up a little bit? That's why you get more uh, Darth Vader yeah. to it. Not that I'm complaining. I love that scene at the end. And, like, I love when they go to Mustafar to his castle. But, like, you know, Disney kind of, like, you know, impeding on the progress a little bit. And you've heard this, you know with DC and Warner brothers a little bit, like kind of like the studio stepping in is like, Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Like this was a little darker and the audience didn't really respond to it. Well, let's do this another way instead of kind of like what they're doing now and kind of these movies taking on the ideas of the director first. Yeah. There's even a cut or a, a, a draft of, uh, of uh, rogue one where they didn't all die at the end. Yeah. There's like, I don't remember which ones survived, but I remember it wasn't all of them going out in this like famous blaze of glory style that they did, which I thought ultimately worked. But Rogue One, I really like, except for uh, CGI Grand Moff Tarkin, because that's just gross. Oh, yeah. It's just so I, I watched that the <laughs> other day and it was just like so disruptive. Yeah, I just felt like the, yeah, the pacing is just fucking weird. <laughs> it was so off that I had taken a notebook and pen into the theater thinking I was going to take notes. And I was like, oh, my goodness, so much is happening. My brain can't even process this to write notes down. <laughs> and if I write notes down, I'm going to miss part of the miss movie something. because it's going <laughs> so fast. And I was like, all right, fine. I'm not taking notes. And so I just like put that away. And I was like. All right, hopefully I remember enough for the podcast because I knew we were going to have a little bit of a gap between all of us watching it and recording this because of the holidays. So I was like, oh boy, here we go. <laughs> and it was just a wild ride, not in the good sense at all. I was like, okay, uh, information overload. Don't know what the brain's doing. I don't know what they're doing. Okay, we're just going here and going there. And uh, I guess this is hopefully ride. going to work out in the end, but kind of sort of doesn't. And, yeah. you know, I wanted to bring up one of the other things that really stood out to me and Rajani, you mentioned the wayfinder earlier and that's all that the Jedi texts are used for in this. So I was wondering what you guys thought of how JJ used the Jedi text because it just felt like they were one line and then gone. I'm not going to lie. I could have sworn they, they were burned in Yoda's tree fire in the last Jedi. Like, I think Ray uh, saved them at the very yeah. last minute. I think you see them stuffed into her book bag or whatever yeah. at the end of the film, and it's like revealed that it's on the it's on the Falcon. But it's something I completely missed as well. Yeah. So. But also to me, it's like they never they they should have been burned in in the tree, or maybe if they weren't, they they I agree they could have been used in a much better way, because it's like when you look back at that great scene in the Last Jedi where it's. Uh, Luke and Yoda and Yoda's being like uh talking about the the Jedi text and he's like he's like read them have you and uh and Luke's like well you know I dabbled a little and he's just like page turners they were not and the whole conversation is about that um it is about that maybe it maybe it's time for uh, the Jedi way to to move on and and be and be this new generation and not 
hang on to these these ancient texts. Um, and that was just another another way that I felt like this one just kind of like stepped on that, that it was like, oh, but we are going to use these texts, but not give it any kind of an interesting factoid ex- or an inter- interesting way of handling the, the text or why Ray would find uh, something useful in it except a map for a treasure hunt. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I, I don't really have b- much to say about the text except that it it was kind of... It was just used kind of in a, a lame way, in the same way that, frankly, in The Force Awakens, as much fun as that movie is, the whole search for Luke thing with the map... That just doesn't make sense. Why does R2 why is R2 just asleep the whole time and then he just w- happens to wake up at the end and uh even though uh BB8 like tries like knocking on uh, knocking on him earlier to be like hey wake up. No, he's yeah, not going to wake up then. He's just going to wake timing. up at the end and here let's put this map to So I, I'm you know JJ seems to have a thing for maps and treasure hunts and it was dumb and I don't really have much else to say except I thought the texts were burned. Yeah, it's the same thing with, like, C-3PO is like, okay, well, he gets his memory wiped, but they mentioned offhand, like, hey, R2-D2 has a backup. So it's like, all right, well, you know, even though he got these, like, like the Sith sayings or whatnot, like, um, he's going to get his memory back eventually. So it was like, all right, well, you know, like, that plot point was kind of useful for whatnot that going back to tim's thing it was really funny though yeah it was it was hilarious like he's like who are you yeah you know what i mean like you know what that's I mean? gonna get old he's yeah. Just, so he's yeah. like he's like that's gonna get old i'm like oh yeah. god i thought 3po was great in this movie that was the most 3po movie yeah i, I love he really was shout out to 3po he because i feel like he's been he's just he hasn't really gotten anything to do in these new ones and this one he he rocked it and i feel like yeah. 3po is shining when he's annoying like yes. he was yeah. just like yeah. he was so extra in this film. It was kind of delightful. Like yeah. you know, you're just like, oh man, like it's funny. Like because he's always not to say I don't like three PO. Like he's just always been a character I've never really thought about. You know, it's he's not like R two or something. Like he's just he he does a lot. Don't get me wrong. Like I'm not trying to to shit on Anthony Daniels. Is that? Yeah, Anthony Daniels. Yeah, yeah, like, he's great, but, like, I just haven't thought of him much in in recent years. You know, he's, like, been kind of, like, tossed into these movies, and finally he gets to go on one of the adventures. (laughs) He got to actually serve the plot instead of just be like, oh, remember this character that was really important in the the other movies? Yeah, he's still around. Hey, Harry, hey, he's still still hanging around. Yeah, in case you forgot you were watching Star Wars. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But no, he he was great. To go off Tim's point, uh, the conversation with Yoda and Luke is actually one of my favorite scenes in the whole trilogy. Agreed. Because, like he said, you know what I mean? Like, Yoda's like, all right, you got, you're teaching her, you're, you're teaching Ray your successes, right? But teach her folly, teach her failure. Failure is a big part of the, you know, the lessons too. Like, teach her how you failed with, you know, Kylo Ren. Like, because that ultimately failure leads to success. And you can learn, you could adapt. And I feel like the whole thing with the Jedi text is, and him burning the Jedi Temple is kind of like, ryan johnson's take on fandom Mm. because he's you know saying like star wars okay it was this thing like there's obviously generations of star wars fans that like feel like it's this particular thing to them but the star wars story it's so vast and there's so many characters in like it doesn't have to just be narrowed to this 
all right, Luke has to be this. Like, if he he ultimately has to live. You know what I mean? Like, uh, you know, Leia has to be this. Uh, stuff like that. Like, I felt like it was kind of like an allegory for, like, Star Wars can be anything that you want to be. Like, Rey can be, you know, just kind of like a junk trader. But you know what? She's one of the most powerful force beings just because. You know what I mean? Like, it. I felt when they brought it back and they brought back the wife wayfinder thing, I was like, okay, like we need another, like you said, another treasure hunt. But I like how they hold, like discarded the whole thing in last Jedi. And basically, you know, Luke's thread saying like, all right, well this, this has to be the Jedi way. Like I have to have a Padawan. I have to teach him. There always has to be a rule of two. Yoda's like, forget all that. Like, you mean like, it doesn't have to be this way. And that that's kind of like my thing with the Jedi. Yeah, I feel like everything, like I said, like one of the most compelling things about Last Jedi was that it didn't have to be all of these things that we were expecting it to be, even though it was a little jarring at first to walk out and find, oh, her parents are nobodies. Okay, like, and then it just, yeah, ugh, all of it, all of it to be tossed, tossed away, you know. I, I I also want to say that like I personally hated the Han flashback vision thing. Like I I don't know why, but like it's so funny for a movie that does so many like flash like visions, but at least when they're like force visions, it's like it works. But for me to have him just like kind of like see his dad just felt so unnecessary, even though they were like kind of like I understood what they were trying to do with like having them repeat the scene almost verbatim from Force Awakens, but show him actually like toss the saber this time is like, I got it. But it just I still think it was unnecessary. Chris Terrio was like, I'm going to get that Jonathan Kent uh, scene <laughs> from Batman Superman <laughs> in this movie. Somehow. Yeah, yeah. And like my my thing was, is I really enjoyed that scene. Well, two things. One is I think. What that scene serves, I think, clearly uh, was meant for uh, uh, for Leia. Um, but naturally, they couldn't do it because the way everything was happening in the movie, she was trying to reach out to him. And obviously, you didn't have Carrie Fisher to do that scene. Um, so for me, it for me, it worked in a way of it was just a visual representation, and I just get kind of. I get kind of nerdy about the that type of uh, like philosophical take on the filmmaking, um, and I and I really enjoy that. But what I liked is what it represented. I liked how they said a lot without saying much um, in that oh, scene. Yeah. Uh, definitely, I mean, there were not a lot of times in this movie where I was like actually like emotionally affected or invested. But when I just hear Harrison Ford just go "Hey, kid," I was like. <gasps> Yeah, I mean, there were parts. Okay, yeah. now think about it. there were parts. I did. I also did like him saying "Dad," and he goes, "I know." Yeah. Oh, that was that, so that like that yeah, was like, that was that was cute. I definitely, um, I definitely agree. Like, it is kind of like it. It's one of those things in the same way with just all the new force powers. It's like they've never really done anything like this kind of a scene like in these movies yeah. um yeah. so like maybe it would have been less jarring to me if he was glowing blue and it just but like also he's not a jedi so it's right like, so i liked that he wasn't a jedi because i was nervous that they would do that yeah but definitely yeah. it does feel like it's weird it's just different yeah it's just and different. it does feel like it 
it, I mean, it is 100% the scene from, from BVS, but I laugh because I'm like, oh, this is that scene if it was good. Because <laughs> yeah. the, scene, like, <laughs> the scene with Jonathan Kent is, is one of the worst scenes I've ever sat and watched. I'm like, oh, cool, ghost dad. Thanks for coming back and tell me, telling me about how the farm flooded one time. Like, it's, <laughs> at least in this, it was like, oh, cool. I got something emotionally you know, out of that. And the character clearly learned there. something from this scene. However, he was working it through in his brain or if it was Leia projecting it to him. I don't know. But it worked. I'm like, okay, you know, Chris Terrio, fine. You got a second chance for that scene and you did it better. <laughs> okay. Fair. Yeah, Fair. even like with the subtle thing with kylo kind of fumbling with the uh the lightsaber Mm -hmm. it reminded me of the force awakens when he ultimately stabs him with it yeah and this time he's like no i'm not going to choose that way and you know what i mean like yeah and the voice of reason kind of goes into him and he tosses it yeah you know what i mean like that to me was a beautiful scene like it's like oh he's he's actively making a choice there and that's what star wars and I feel like this movie was trying to say, like, that's what it was about. Yeah. And it was cool finding out Leia had a lightsaber. Yeah. Yeah, that was cool. I did like that scene where they were showing them training. Ah, oh, man. That was cool. Makes you wish that you had gotten sequel films or this type of stuff back when this yes. movie came out. Yes. You know, like- <laughs> I would have loved, like, a Star Wars uh, trilogy during, like, Air Force One era Harrison Ford. Like, yeah. just something, something after... I mean, I'm glad we got a new Star Wars trilogy now, but I would when we did, yeah, sure. Yeah, but I, I would have, I would have liked, uh, I would have liked to have had something in between the Return of the Jedi and this trilogy, where we would have gotten more of that stuff. Maybe people would have been a bit more accepting of some of the the Luke stuff if they had a visual representation of of his his journey and getting to see him be the Jedi that they all right. wanted to see instead of just filling in the you know for me Uh, i fill in the blanks of the fact that yeah a lot happens in 30 years it's a shame we didn't yeah it's a shame we don't really get that but um so it's like i can sit and watch the last jedi and be like all right i'm trusting that this is where his character went and it makes sense in what you've given me but it would have been nice to to have seen uh what what occurred in that time and maybe the comic books will do it but once again i shouldn't have to read all of those even though i am reading them and they're actually a lot of fun yeah i mean i think that (laughs) also for a lot of us who read expanded universe stuff and i think that's why a lot of us feel this way it's like oh we were doing our best to like imagine it in our heads by reading the books by playing the video games like anything from that timeline before disney kind of came in and, and decided to reinvigorate you know we had through the expanded universe and I, yeah, oh God, I was going to say something uh, to go off Tim's point. Now I'm, I'm, I'm forgetting it, but um, yeah, it was just, uh, there was a lot set up here um, that could have worked and some worked and some didn't. Um, But yeah, I, I, uh, I also like, I also felt it was, yeah, I'm just going to, sorry. (laughs) I (laughs) think For me, and I'm going to credit this to Drew Deitch because he's the one who tweeted about it and I saw it, but he brought up the point that the Jedi texts were essentially a blank slate because we got some information from them and then JJ just turns around and uses it as a map and we're like, okay, there has to be so much more in these books that could have been used 
or could have been created from the story group to take this in a different direction. And instead, he just kind of squashes that and is like, nope, we're just going to use it as a map. And that's all Ray's going to get out of those books that she has been studying for quite some time now because we see her returning to them. And you can kind of get this feeling that she is very intrigued with these books and that's why she saved them in The Last Jedi in the first place. So it really just felt like they kind of squandered an opportunity with those there. Palpatine is basically making an entire army on the Outer Rim in Exegol, but yet there's the Wayfinder there that will find exactly where he is. That's it. That's the conveniences that, like... I mean, that didn't kind of... Because you gotta find him right. before he, you know, like unleashes the, these like ships with basically Death Star technology on everybody. <laughs> but it was like, oh, well, you know, here, here we go. A, wave, a wayfinder. And one gets destroyed, but there's another one that he <laughs> finds. Like, I don't know. And as you guys all know, I read a lot. So for me, it was disappointing that the books got shorthanded. <laughs> I was like, no, but I, I want to know what the books say. <laughs> you know, the nerd in me really wanted that. Yeah, the Legends books got shorthanded too, because like a lot of them go into what happens with Leia, what happens with Luke, uh, what happens with Han even. And uh, I mean, I know you can't really reference all of that in a two and a half, almost two and a half hour movie. But a lot of the stuff that goes into it, like, you know, for some of us, like, I think all of us have kind of read, like, some of the comics and, like, backstory. And so you may be a little bit familiar with somebody who's just watching the trilogies and all the insider stuff. They're like, what is that? Yeah. Like, I don't I didn't even know any. I didn't know anything about that. So, like, I don't know. Hopefully it leads people to kind of dig in more of the Star Wars universe because there is a lot more to it. There's a real rabbit hole you can go down. But yeah, like there are some scenes that yeah. That that's I mean that's kind of kind of what what it's what it's done for me and I mean I think a couple of years ago I I binged a bunch of uh the Star Wars audiobooks. The audiobooks are a lot of fun cuz they have like music and sound effects in them and everything. And I was really enjoying them and it's, it's some of them uh, I think a lot of the ones I've been listening to have been legend stuff, but then it's like this movie you know, I really, even though I feel like I've been really down on it, like I was let down by by the lack of cohesion of a trilogy more than anything. Like the the movie on its own, I'm like, sure, that was fine. It was fun. Uh, There's weird choices. But as an individual movie, you know, sure, I'm pro- I, I could probably throw this on anytime and have a good time with it because I'm just going to be enjoying the spectacle and not thinking about it. But what I'm most let down upon is just the potential for such a through line, great trilogy. And it just doesn't feel like there's anything to that. And so, you know, I didn't get that with this movie, but it's not like it sours me on star Wars. I mean, for me, even, even bad star Wars is still star Wars. Like I still find something I enjoy about it. Exactly. Which I think is like the overarching theme I've been trying to explain to people. Yeah. like, you know, hey, we're like, we're getting more Star Wars, like for better or worse, this is what it is. And I think, I feel like everyone kind of feels like, even though we're describing something where we were let down, we almost weren't also at the same time. Like it was just, it was just like, not we still what we got it. Yeah, we still got mostly where we wanted to go. It's just, there's like, once again, I think a lot of this could be attributed to J.J. Abrams, like not necessarily always being able to finish a story 
Yeah. I think that there's like examples of places where he really does a good job with it. And like, like lost is like, I I personally didn't have a huge problem with the finale, but you know, there were a lot of things that didn't get answered for some people. But then I feel like in, in like stuff like super eight, I think he did a great job, you know, from beginning to end. And his mission impossible was good. Yeah. And mission impossible even. Yeah, exactly. Like there are, he's, he does great work, and that's why, like I said, I came out of this being pissed at him. He's like yeah. the dad that broke up the family, you know. Like he's like, I'm gonna like do this great movie, you know, that like, yeah, it was like we played it a little safe, but general people loved it, loved all these characters, and then I'm gonna like abandon ship. I feel like at the same time, like I kind of do feel for him a little bit because he walked back into a situation where True. Like, he didn't think that he was going to yeah. direct because I we all thought Colin Trevorrow was. Then he left. Then he goes back to a situation where Disney probably put pressure on him because they're like, yo, we're, ca- we're catching a lot of heat for Last Jedi. Mm-hmm, like, yeah. We have to kind of bring this ship into being more Star Warsy. So he's kind of caught in between two worlds. He's like, I got to, yeah. you know, I have to be complimentary of Ryan Johnson, which uh, I think after the initial thing came out, like he, he was and he said that he really appreciated it. Yeah. But he also has to say that. Because, like, studio wants, like, all right, well, you know. Toe the line. want more of a Star Wars. Yeah, they, they want him to toe the line. They had to save face a lot for this one. And, you know, maybe I'll forgive J.J. for squashing the Jedi text if Lucasfilm or Del Rey Books decides to release, like, actual books of the Jedi text. I think that would yeah. be something that would <laughs> yeah. be cool. That'll, That'll be, be your cool. Christmas gift next year. I got you. <laughs> but I, Del Rey, but I warn you, I, I warn you, Yoda says page turners, they are not. So... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think I think I think. For, but Deanna loves to read. That's so. true. That's true. I, I, I know. I know she'll finish them regardless. <laughs> but hey, I've been finishing Stephen King's so, books yeah, regardless exactly. of how good if they you, are. So if, if you can make it through some of those, that yeah. Well, I know we definitely touched on Palpatine throughout, so we don't need to necessarily yeah, dive I, directly I have nothing left into to say that. <laughs> yeah, I don't think any of us have more to add on that front. Yeah, but I do want to try to end this on a more positive note so me too (laughs) are there any other specifics that you guys liked about this movie we'll talk about this and then we'll talk a little about the future of star wars to wrap things up here yeah definitely like i where where to begin (laughs) um well babu frick Seriously, yeah. all hell, Bobby Frick. I would watch two hours of him randomly popping in saying, hey, hey in any film or TV. <laughs> Seriously, someone on YouTube, put it together. Give they me- put a, lo- a loop together yeah. for Tim of just Babu Frick saying, hey, that's going to be my new uh, yeah. my new text, my new text sound. Right? Hey! Yes. Yeah, like just just someone just start editing him into like Law and Order episodes and, <laughs> and I'll sit and watch it for hours. But no, it's like the... This movie, it's like as regardless of decisions or whatever, it still it it felt very Star Wars. Uh, it, yeah. it looked great. This the sound was great. The score was fantastic. I I absolutely love. I mean, who doesn't love John Williams? But one of my favorite things that they did with the Last Jedi was they released a version where you could watch it just with the visuals and the score. Please, please, Disney do that again for the rise of skywalker i would love to just stare at these gorgeous vi- visuals while listening to the score by itself but 
you know, it's there there were a lot of things that I really enjoyed about this. I, I really had a lot of fun with the grand set pieces, the lightsaber battles, you know, seeing Wedge Antilles come out of nowhere with Lando. Like that was that was super cool. C3PO was a ton of fun. Poe and his past life. I really like that. You know, JJ continuing Kylo and Ray's force timing. That I really enjoyed that. And he even expanded on that, like doing the cool way that it was filmed, their lightsaber duel, even though they were in two separate locations. I thought that was really well done. Her, you know, putting the lightsaber behind her back and him, you know, him grabbing it and then doing the Han Solo shrug, like, come on, like, aren't you impressed? There there was great, so many great moments that I had a good time with. And, you know, I'm with you guys. It's like, as much as I'm critical of some decisions that JJ made, I also feel like regardless of whether or not he made the decisions that we like or what somebody else liked, he was put in a position, one, he had to come back into this movie, you know, after not expecting to, but also he's closing out the Skywalker saga with unfortunately a really, really toxic fandom. When it comes down to it, there, there's no way for him to pull it off. You know, he's not going to he's not going to succeed with everybody. You know, I, I wonder if the fandom would have been happy with anything, you know, so I, I, I don't know. But it ultimately it's it's not everything that I wanted it to be. But there were still so many sequences and things that I can thoroughly enjoy and have a ton of fun with. Uh, I really enjoy that this film is an audition tape for why Oscar Isaac should replace Tom Holland as Nathan Drake in the Uncharted movie that will never see the light of day, but I will still keep <laughs> fighting for that recasting. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it it definitely had a lot of great fun and positive moments that I do really enjoy. And I'm excited to see it a second time. Yeah. I'm excited to see it with uh, with my sister, who's been going into all these movies fresh. And frankly, she does not get super critical about movies when she watches them. Um, yeah. You know, it's and it's so refreshing to sit and watch them with her because I'm like, we finished one, and I'm like, I'm like, what do you think? She's like, oh, loved it, had a great time. Like, <laughs> yeah, she looks I, at the overall feeling she gets versus like all like nitpicking everything. And I wish. I'd be a much happier person if yeah. I could enjoy things at that type of level. Yeah. So uh, my uh, like the a tiny a tiny side story. So uh, so my sister is involved in Special Olympics, and the motto that they have, you know, at the beginning of their competitions is "Let me win, and if I cannot win, let me be brave in the attempt." And it's this great yes. motto. And when we were watching A New Hope, you know, I jokingly was like, this is ridiculous. Chewie doesn't get a medal. And she turns to me and goes, at least he was brave in the attempt. And I'm like, that is the single greatest like th- thing I've ever heard. And it's like, that's just been her viewpoint of watching these movies. And I, so when I'm watching this one, when I'm thinking back to it critically, I'm trying to think of, well, what were the positive things that I had a good time with? Because even when I watch the prequels, there's things that I don't like about them but I still yeah, have still fun, fun with them. Yeah. yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm hoping to continue that with this one and, and kind of get all of my, I've, I feel like at this podcast, I've gotten everything I need out of it. And, uh, and so maybe now I can, I've, I've said it all and now I can just move, <laughs> now you can move live on with your thoughts. <laughs> and live with my thoughts and just, and just have a good time. So it's there. I, there's definitely a lot of, a lot of positive, even if it feels like we've been a lot of negative. Marjani, what did you, what do you like about it? I just love seeing uh, Rafe and Poe together again. Yeah. Yeah. Because I felt like the entire Last yes. Jedi movie, like they were all on separate journeys. Like Poe was trying to learn how to be a leader and get punished. Obviously, Ray's in her training. And then Finn's on his side story with Rose. 
it was just good to see the gang back together again. It was good seeing Lando and Chewie on the Millennium Falcon again because Chewie has seemingly lost everybody that he was friends with kind of like from the original trilogy. So like it was good to see him back with somebody that he knew. Yeah. Um some of the action set pieces were gorgeous like when Ray flips over uh Kylo's tie. Kylo's like tie fighter, <laughs> so cool. yeah, tie fighter and, and that was so cool like some of the cinematography in this film is amazing. Um I know some people didn't like it but like I love how the callback at the end where Palpatine shows Ray like and he does like the whole force power thing. He's like, look at your friends. It was a callback to like Return of the Jedi. I thought that was pretty cool. And the fact that like our protagonist is a female, it's Ray. You know what I mean? Like, who would have thought like maybe like 20, right. 30 years ago, you had basically something big. It was built around Anakin and, and Obi Wan. Then like the original is kind of like Luke's journey, basically. And then you have Ray. Like, it's a female heroine. Like, it's. I thought that was pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh, I love the growth of Poe. Like, mm-hmm. obviously, you lose uh, Leia, but Poe has become, like, you know, the rousing leader that he needed to be where he kind of maybe wasn't uh, in the, basically, The Force Awakens. Like, I love his growth. Listen, for everything that we've said, there are some points where I felt you know, that moment where, like, you feel in Star Wars where the magic happens, especially with uh, John Williams' score and all the callbacks with Ray's theme, that, what he does throughout, uh, basically, like, everything that he's done from every movie that he has scored in. There are still some magical moments that you feel, you're like, you know what? I'm in a Star Wars movie. Yeah. Like, I'm, I don't care whatever I was experiencing. Maybe I was mad about this. But I'm happy about this. Yeah. Like, there are enough moments for me, uh, for me to want to see it a second time. And then, you know, when it comes out on Disney Plus, I'm going to watch it again, you know, like, ultimately. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I feel very much the same way. It's like, it's a very distinct feeling you get from watching a Star Wars film. Yeah. And even despite, you know, not agreeing with every choice that they've made, you get this rush and like, I can say, you know, like I said, as a person that saw it three times in 24 hours, and I saw it, uh, those three times I saw it, uh, two of the people I went with went with every, to every showing with me. So we all saw it, and we were kind of like reacting the same way. We're like, first time, we're like, oh, God, not sure how I felt about that. And the second time, we're like, oh, but there's so much fun stuff happening, and there's so many good things. And so ultimately, I came out with a really balanced feeling. Like, yeah, we've spent so much time saying, but there was so much right. Babu Frick, like I never feel more Star Warsy than when he came on. Like <laughs> he was just reminded me of OG Star Wars and the types of noises that those aliens made. Yeah. Just like the the feel like the feeling you get. It's just like it's like in your body, in your bones. You know, the type of world that George Lucas originally built. Babu Frick, I know it's such a silly thing, but he was like I don't feel that way when I see like baby Yoda's cool. Don't be wrong. Baby Yoda's like a really fun character and it's fun, but like he doesn't, it, it, because he's like an archetype of a character that came before, you know, yeah. like someone, I guess he's not, he, he is, you know, something that we've already seen. Whereas like Babu Frick is like this really cute little interesting character. And like, that's why I felt like, you know, you can have characters like 
was a Dio and Bob mm-hmm. and Frick. You don't need to go back and see the Porgs. You don't need to go back and see the Ewoks. Like I felt, you know, I like the original stuff and I, I, there was plenty of that here. The chase scenes, you know, the lot that the humor between the characters. Yeah. The, I think we've all touched on the bond that Ray and Poe and Finn have, you know, the, the bond. And I personally would have loved to see a buddy, you know, like a buddy film for them for the second film. You know, yeah. I thought I was expecting something like, you know, obviously, cause this is where my head went, but like, uh, uh, uh empire strikes back, you know, where you had that whole side mission with Han and Leia and, getting stuck inside the asteroid monster thing. Like I was expecting something like that. And we kind of, I guess in a way got that, but like this film had plenty of the action and the lightsaber also, also I, I wrote down the lightsaber battles in this were, I think the best lightsaber battle I've seen in any of those nine films. It's like the coolest, you know, the coolest stuff for, for uh, lightsaber stuff. And especially those of us who, it sounds like a few of us have played video games and stuff. We know what lightsaber stuff can be. Yeah. yeah. You know, from the video games and from the cut scenes of the video games, but they never really had them. And I think the prequels tried. The prequels had some good lightsaber fights, but like, I think like they were ultimately realized and perfect in these films. Yeah. They did such a good job with those. Yeah, the way that they even designed the the lightsabers, uh, like Kylo's lightsaber being like really like on edge and everything, like yeah, it, it's it was perfect. Things, yeah, it's like you look back at the other movies and you're like, does that really make make sense in the visuals of the other movies? You're like, no, but I don't care because it just yeah. looks that much cooler. Like I'm just willing to accept it. Yeah. No, I completely agreed. Like the lightsaber battles and everything. Uh, one thing I wanted to add that I don't think any of us mentioned. Because I feel like any time we got to the Palpatine stuff, we kind of like dove down to the Hating not it. <laughs> not yeah not liking it. Um, but the this the scene like her her battle like with Palpatine, I really really liked mm-hmm. hearing all the voices of the other Jedi and everything. Um, Ahsoka Tanu was one of them. Yeah, but then is and, she dead? That's my concern. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh but it's it's <laughs> it it yeah. There's definitely all that. It um you know, but it's just it was such a it was such a cool moment. Yes, does that whole sequence kind of feel like Disney was like, Hey everybody liked Endgame, let's do that again. Lando gets his on your left moment and Ray literally says, I am all the Jedi in the same pacing as as uh Tony Stark says, I am Iron Man before he snaps. Um, but it, but it's fine. Like it kind of took me out of it because I laughed because uh, the parallel was so obvious, but at the same time I was like, you did that in such a cool way. I loved hearing all of, all of the voices of the, the different Jedis. I love that Hayden Christian was, uh, uh, was in there. Or did they use him too? Was it actually like a new recording from him or, uh, that I don't, that I don't know. It's probably yeah. all in the Wikipedia somewhere. I, you know, I'm looking I, forward to someone online, like giving me all the details that I don't care to dive into. <laughs> uh, but I will thoroughly enjoy reading. Like, <laughs> And ultimately like also at the end of the day, like, despite how I feel of like where they went with certain characters, I would love to see more of every single one of these characters. I still want to see more of Finn. I still want to see more of Ray. I would kill, 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 kill for a show. Cause it's like, I I, I am like, obviously the worst person to ask. I haven't done my research on this, but like, I haven't seen her in a whole bunch of other stuff. I haven't seen, I feel like their lives have been so tied up with star Wars 
She's in you know, a Shakespeare film, Ophelia or something. And then she was also a small, small part in that like train mystery remake, uh, like Who Done It on the Train. It was oh, like a murder, murder on the Orient Express. Yeah, yeah, she had like a very. I think she had a small oh, I part in seen that, it. but like yeah. I feel like you know, obviously Star Wars. I feel like has been back to back because like once yeah. one ends, they're in pre production for the next one, and she's probably training for it and stuff like that. So I wouldn't be surprised if like you know they just haven't done other films because they've really had almost no time to do it unless it encroaches on like the one free time that they have between the films yeah. and although I, I know it's kind of selfish I would love to see more like I would love to see Ray training new Jedi in a show like I would love to see like a Poe and like Finn show or like something with Lando or like any of these things they have all the possibilities um, but I, there was there's plenty of good stuff and I think from that like what I say you know the fact that I still want more from these characters ultimately tells me I didn't hate the film. Yeah. You know, yeah. I still, I didn't hate the new trilogy. I still want more of these characters. I just may not have like loved the conclusions. they. But, you know, also Disney knows that they've got all this potential. Maybe they're going to reveal more about Poe and Finn and all these people later on in, in a show or in another movie. I suspect that they probably have them on contract for more films or things if they want them. Yeah, I think it's probably similar to the Marvel contracts where they'll pop up in other things. And, you know, Mm -hmm. Poe is actually one of the characters on Star Wars Resistance right now, and the character is voiced by Oscar Isaac. So there is other material. I'm on Rebels right now. I haven't gotten Yeah, (laughs) there there are other things if you are willing to dive into the animated shows, the books. And again, you don't have to read those, at least what I've read and what I've seen. You don't have to read or watch those things to understand what's happening here. It's just this look at the universe as a whole and other areas, and that's what I like. But as far as what I liked about this movie, I don't have a ton to add after what you guys said, but, you know, I am here for the lightsaber battles, even though it (laughs) seems like I'm the only one who has never played any of the Star Wars games. So oh, I think oh. I'm at a slight disadvantage there, not not knowing what that experience is like. But I agree, the Finn, Ray, and Poe scenes, having the gang back together, that was fun. And it really made them feel like a team more so than they did in the other movies because they were off doing their own things. And obviously, The Force Awakens, mm-hmm. we have to get these characters together just to introduce them. And then that's really a lot of setup for what's to come. So to see them together in this, even though they kind of left Rose out of things, I was like, okay, well, those three, they're great together. Poe's love for BB-8, who does not have enough screen time in this, (sighs) if you ask me, is just so fantastic. He cares so much about that little droid, and I love it. And Jonathan, I know you brought up Dio and Babu Frick, and you know we didn't talk too terribly much about those characters but they were fun little additions that in the grand scheme of things maybe they don't end up having a larger role which i don't really think we need another droid but dio is at least a cute little droid that you know you know can pop up here and there and babu can fix things so you know he's useful yeah they could have him pop up. Babu yeah, I wouldn't mind Babu in a video game somewhere. And by the way, like, you know, you mentioned not having played the video games. And I, I don't know if you have any sort of video game system, but uh, Jedi Fallen Order is a lot of fun. Is it is, is a lot of fun. Um, it fills in some sort of story between I think it's like after episode three 
between episode three and episode four, basically. So like yeah. after order was it order 66 or whatever the hell. Like, yeah. Yeah. You know, I just it. have a switch. So if something comes out on yeah, there, that be is playing worthwhile. It on switch, unfortunately. Well, yeah. you can play star Wars Jedi outcast on the switch. It's like seven oh, okay. bucks okay. and that's actually yeah. a lot of fun. I'll, I'll look and when it gets that. hard, there's cheat codes. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, force awakens. It's just like these games where you can use force powers to like shove people off of yeah. ledges <laughs> or like, you know, in, in the new one, it's it's funny. They have the kid from Fallen Shameless. Uh, yeah, Fallen yeah. Order. They have the kid from Shameless who also plays uh, is a Joker. Oh, in Gotham. The, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. In Gotham, Cameron Monaghan. Or yeah, he he does all the voiceover and and voice and uh, face face capture stuff for the main character in the Star Wars game. Right. And it's 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 a lot of fun. It's like you know the games where you actually get to like wield a lightsaber and do all these di- and there's like all these different moves. It's not like just swinging a lightsaber around. There's all these different types of moves do. And so for that type of stuff it's a lot of fun. There's no time like the present, but I hope, you know, there's also plenty of bad Star Wars games too that have come out recently. Mm-hmm. Um, Battlefront. Battlefront. Battlefront, Battlefield, Battlefront. Battlefront. I think it's front. Yeah, Battlefront. Yeah. Yeah, the, yeah, like where it's like, once again, it shows you like, it looks amazing and it sounds really good, but the gameplay is awful. So it's like they mm-hmm. captured what sound, Star Wars look and feel and like sound like, but like it was just not fun to play. Yeah. And yeah. They, yeah. So it's like, there's a lot. And I think uh, you had mentioned somewhere in here that, you know, where does Star Wars go from here? It's like these types of things. Yeah, that's what I want to wrap this up with actually is what do you guys want to see next? Maybe the next one or two things from Star Wars right now, because we have the Mandalorian, which just ended and season two has already been announced. So let's not count that in the future of Star Wars talk here, but what's something that they haven't announced that you would like to see from them? The Babu Frick adventures. (laughs) I don't know what they are, but I'm here for them. Um, But uh, really the, honestly, like the number one thing, I've wanted forever. And this ended up being mentioned on an episode of binge mode. Uh, and I kind of got mad because they're way more successful. So now I don't sound like (laughs) I had an an original idea and who knows, I may have stolen this idea from something else too, but I just always thought a star Wars meets cheers sitcom would be really sweet. (laughs) Like I want weird stuff like that. I want to take us when it comes to the movies, you know, it's just give us one-off great stories of different things throughout the universe, whether that's stuff with Jedi, whether it's stuff with more like bounty hunters or anything like whatever, just one-off stories, you know, it, uh, but, I, but I also, I, I want Star Wars to get weird. Like, I don't know, do stuff in a different genre that doesn't have to be a, a huge epic scale all the time. You know, it still bums me out that there was that, uh, show, that got dumped uh, because of the Disney deal. Um, what was it? Star Wars Detours that Seth Green uh, worked on. You can watch a bunch yeah. of the stuff on YouTube and it's really funny. And I thought that would have been a lot of fun. Um, and I, and sometimes I feel, I feel like Star Wars isn't allowed to just go in those really weird, quirky ways. So I'd, I'd like to see stuff like that. And then um, we were talking about games. Like I, I want, more Star Wars games uh, in a variety of styles and eras, whether it's single player based action, whether it's like a telltale style or an adventure game, like old school style. Uh, there was yeah, a really can we play Sabacc great, yet? Uh, great game for the phone called Tiny Death Star. And I think it was based off Tiny Hotel. It was adorable. I want that on my phone again, but it, it 
got taken down. And my copy of Jedi Fallen Order actually arrived while we were recording this podcast. So that's exactly Yay! what I'm doing after after <laughs> after we re wrap up. Perfect timing. We're gonna have to chat because if you have if you have any questions, hit me up. That's oh, absolutely. Yeah. But that's yeah, that's that's what I want from Star Wars. Just kind of let's take a break from the uh, i'm i'm happy that the skywalker saga is over let's take a break from the grand epic scale of that stuff and kind of just have some fun and get weird let's play around in the universe sandbox that we've like established works what about what about you marjani what what do you want to see well one one thing that i don't want is more skywalker saga movies (laughs) because i feel like uh one they're too contained into a story that like we said, like three different generations want one thing, one thing. So you can't service them all. Right. And like basically going off what Tim said, like I want Star Wars to get weird. You know, I want a Star Wars, maybe horror thing. Yeah. Like yeah. If, they could, if they could pull that off. Yeah. Like I want it to go in different territories, even though I like the Mandalorian. I'm used to Star Wars being in a Western setting because that's what it was. Like that's what. Mm-hmm. Yeah. People forget uh, that so George often. Would, yeah. Yeah, that's what George Lucas made it. He made it a space western. It's just more overt. It's just more overt and gunslinger in in Mandalorian. And that's why, you know, we had characters like Han in Star Wars, whereas like Mandalorian is just all Han, you know? Yeah. You know, in a way, I guess. Like, I agree. Like, it would be, they should absolutely, I would love to see them go in a weird direction. And I, I hate to keep bringing back Marvel, but I only do it because it's under the same umbrella. So we know that that creative firepower is there. Well, um, Kevin Feige is doing a Star yes. Wars movie, yeah, so you exactly. know what I mean. Like, so it, that I think I want more K two SO. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, apparently we're getting that with, with, with that the show. Diego Luna show. Yeah, Diego Luna show. Yeah. Um, I want like more games. Like, I want a damn Knights of the Old Republic, like either update or something of that RPG because that RPG is amazing. Uh, if you have like an Xbox or something like that, or you can still find it, I would play that game. Uh, more Fallen Order stuff, better Battlefront stuff. Like two is, eh, like it's getting there. Like it but, looks um, amazing. Like every time I see the amazing. trailer for all the new expansions, I'm like, oh, should I get the game again? No, because no one I know is talking about how good it is. <laughs> you know, it's like. It looks amazing, though. Like, every time they, yeah, like, have it, a movie come out, they're like, oh, here's all these levels and, like, playable characters from the game. But, like, and like I said, it looks and sounds amazing. Like, the, the it does. But, like, it just wasn't a compelling gameplay. You know, it's like how we yeah. talk about how, like, Star Wars looks amazing, but the plot or, or like, the pacing is weird. Then, like, it makes it ultimately unbalanced. And uh, yeah. I feel like Star Wars, they're either really good games or they're really, like you know, epic missteps. Um, but I would personally, for me, I would like to, yeah, I would like to see more movies, but I would like to see, I never want to hear about the Skywalkers ever again, unless it's about, you know, a mention or something. It's not like a driving force behind a plot, you know, unless like Ray Skywalker happens to be there. That's it. Like, I don't want anything else. You know, they're playing it right now. So safe because they only play within like, I would absolutely love if they're like, here's what happens after this film ended like for once stop taking us backwards you know like star wars has relied so heavily then they're not tied down to anything yeah now they're not tied down to anything it would be really cool if they gave that type of stuff to kevin feige like give kevin feige the story of where you take it next because 
he ultimately like we don't want to play in the same sandbox anymore and like kevin feige had all of that original ip to work with at the beginning but like we've shown that marvel can go to weird places like space or be humorous like thor ragnarok like we know and we also know that star wars can exist this way if you watch the 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 finale of mandalorian it's directed by taika watiti and it's amazing like i don't want to give away too much but there's it shows you what it could be like it it tiptoes up to it but it could be like that type of stuff and there's so much but i just don't want everything to be anchored to vader everything anchored to like the first order or you know, like, I don't mind. It would be cool if, like, stormtroopers and the Empire pop up here and there in little things. And, like, for the Mandalorian, it's, like, you know, obviously, like, I- I'm excited to see where the Mandalorian goes next. Because doesn't it take place between uh, Return of the Jedi and Force Awakens? It's, like, after the fall of the Empire, correct? Like, I don't, yeah, I was trying to, I was trying to think about that today. What, uh I don't know. Whenever, whenever I watched the, the finale, I, I was trying to think about when it took place. Because there's still remnants of the Empire there. And yeah. it's like, okay, okay. But, like, now I want to see, like, what happens next? Like, give us – don't and don't make us wait, like, another 15, 20 years for a movie or something. Just, like, give us – now that you have the platform with Disney+, Plus, utilize it. I want, yeah. I, want the, I want the Obi-Wan Kenobi show to be good. <laughs> oh, I'm so nice. excited for more Ewan McGregor Obi-Wan. Me too. He's so good. <laughs> I think I think he's great. I, I know it's kind of like random, but like I, I love everything he does, even though like I wasn't ultimately like a huge fan of the movie altogether. All I really liked the Shining sequel that he did. Uh, uh, was it Dr. Sleep? I loved, yeah, I I loved, loved him in Fargo. Director's Cut coming out. Oh, nice. That's cool. I, uh, I just like Ewan McGregor, so I'm excited for that. And I yeah. know he's been like sitting on it for a while, and they were going to make it a movie at one point, and then it just became now it's a TV show. Um, so I'm excited for that. I mean, even though despite it goes against everything I just said, I was excited for for them not to like tie any more original, you know, characters. Um, I think I'm it's within reason, one. within within reason, reason you know, because yeah. yeah. that's exciting. But like, yeah, like. I want to see just new things like it shows like once again, I think like besides taking away the fact the narrative of like fallen order, the video game like lives within, you know, after order 66 or whatever the hell it was called. Like, yeah, I, I, I it was interesting because it's like these new characters, not everything has to be. It shows that existing stories and, and IP exist within Star Wars. It's just like they need to be taking risks and hi- and not like firing their directors 70% through the movie. Cause they hear it's not star Wars enough. Like, yeah. Takes the galaxy sort of is like, a big place. It can be, it, yeah. can be, it can be different. And I think also like with, with once again, trying not to go back to Mandalorian so much, but like there's an episode this season, like most of it's pretty good, but there's a season, there's an episode I hated and it's the one with um, the woman from agents of shield. And like, he's taking on, He's taking on like to go. Uh, he's trying to collect a bounty, but it's on Tatooine, and they're at the Mos Eisley bar. And that was like what I'm saying. Like is the stuff I hate from Star Wars when they like are like, "Hey, we're at Mos Eisley, and like we're sitting in like the same, you know, little cubicle that like Han shot Greedo in." You know, like I just don't want everything to be constantly bashing me over the head with like classic places. You know, like let's just do some new stuff. Well, like, that was. The whole thing that like George Lucas, he's he's always talked about with Star Wars that he for him, it was always about pushing the galaxy further. You know, even for yeah, for, and they've regressed. 
yeah, to you know, to give us new planets, new worlds, new creatures, you know, everything. It's like so it's regardless of what anyone thinks of what he did throughout his his time frame of, of right. being Free in course. charge, we can all agree like he always gave us something something new to marvel at to be like oh wow like i've never i've i've never seen like that before like that's cool you know so it's that's what i think we all seem to be agreeing we just whether it's yeah. whatever era it takes place in just give us something fresh and new and different and fun and you know so and have those other characters support this new stuff not revolve around them yeah. like i said i'm happy to see I would love to see a, a young Jedi Knight, you know, Disney Plus show, if that's what she's going to do. It would have been nice if they had really driven home on, like, her recruiting Jedi. I don't even know if it even seemed to imply if she's guarding something or if she's, like, starting something. But I she's going to be a that. farmer. Yeah, she's going to be a farm moisture farmer, you know, no big, <laughs> just living, living there. But, yeah, I think I think it, it does sound like we're kind of, like, just something new, like, don't. We you've shown us what it can be, and you've kind of like come so close, and and there have definitely been there's enough right about even the weaker films and the weaker stuff that you guys have done, but like I don't know if they've quite had a home run yet. I feel like the last home run they had was Force Awakens, and even that was like so much repeated stuff. And then I felt like I felt like Rogue One was really good too, but I know people that just didn't like it. It's it seems like you're you know, I think that's another theme that keeps coming that I keep coming and realizing is that it means not so everybody's many, gonna be happy. Not everyone's gonna be happy and we're we are literally like it's so crazy because I remember my mom like camping out because I was in school and my mom had to camp out to get Phantom Menace tickets, you know, and I might feel very differently about these films. You know, I thought the Phantom Menace and all these prequels were a lot of fun when I was a kid. And then, you know, really only came to dislike them when I watched them as an adult. <laughs> so who knows how I'll feel even when I'm older and, and and now how some of the people that feel about it now will feel. But it's, it's just hard to say right now. But I mean, at least like I think another thing is, hey, we're getting more Star Wars and we're going to keep getting more Star Wars. And, you know. Maybe I'll look back and someday say, I really wish we hadn't gotten more Star Wars. <laughs> I've had enough Star Wars. But right now, uh, I'm okay with it. I'm all right. I would love to see them take some of the characters from the animated shows, the comics, and put yes. them into live action shows or movies. I would totally watch a movie or a show based on Dr. Afra, And I know she ends up working with Vader, so... Maybe you can do it pre-Vader timeline so you aren't then kind of going back into the past and being like, oh, yeah, here's another show with Vader and doing that whole thing again. But it's showing us a Vader that we never really get to see. Like the Vader in the comics, like the closest we get to that Vader is. Is she a comic character? Yeah. yeah. It's really cool. Highly recommend. I just don't trust them to not tie it in somehow if they do bring Vader back at this point, given how much of she is this Vader's new niece. trilogy was rooted in the past still. It wasn't really rooted with these new characters. It was like, okay, yeah. we have to say goodbye to all of these characters from 40 years ago because of reasons. And yeah. it really just felt like at times that kind of held this trilogy down so i want them to sort of just cut those ties and be like here are other characters and you know if you've watched the clone wars you know that ahsoka has ties to 
Anakin and then Vader. And there's a whole story about Ahsoka in the book by E.K. Johnston that has nothing to do with Anakin or Vader. And I would love a movie sort of set in that time period with Ahsoka or even just like something on Disney Plus. It doesn't need to be a movie necessarily. And then on the animated front and Tim, have you gone through Rebels before or is this your first time? This is my first time. I've seen all of uh, Clone Wars um, and so uh, and I always wanted to watch Rebels, but it was always hard to uh, like I wasn't caught up and it was just really hard to get the episodes. They were never streaming right. anywhere. Yeah. Um, so now that it's all on Disney Plus, I, I've been working through. I'm I'm only like six episodes in. Okay. But uh, I'm I'm honestly I'm having a, a a really fun time with it. I really like the characters so far. I like what they're doing with that. I do know there are certain I, I just because you know internet. I am spoiled on you know certain characters that come up later, but I'm excited to um to encounter them. Okay, well, in an effort to not spoil it any further for you, that is why I asked if you had seen it, I do want a continuation of Rebels, given the ending that we received. And I won't say which characters I want involved, but anyone who has seen Rebels probably knows where where I want that to go. And, you know... Who knows? We're getting the final season of Clone Wars, so... Yeah, I would also love that. I think there's a lot more opportunity now that they have finished this trilogy. They can maybe let loose a little more and have your Guardians of the Galaxy or Thor Ragnaroks of the Star Wars universe pop yeah. up now. Yeah, yeah, like new weird like and I I absolutely agree. I would love to see anyone from those animated shows even though I mm-hmm. don't watch the animated shows regularly. I know how how much of like a strong fan base they have that I feel like a TV show would be just like a an instant home run. Like the the you know the fury over like who would they cast in these roles because you know especially since you have like what like freddie prince jr doing like the voice of one of the rebels Mm -hmm. characters right and like all this stuff it's like it'll be really cool to see i think i heard he cameoed in rise of skywalker i need to watch for him oh i i I wonder who the uh stormtroopers are because i remember hearing that it was like there was some really big kevin smith popped up in this on Kajimi, yeah. he just like revealed his little cameo. He was just some guy huddled up next to a droid yeah. when they were walking by. But yeah, there's probably a lot of cameos we don't know about, but there are so many opportunities for them now. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. I also, do they even have any films slated right now? Like they don't I don't have, think so. They don't have any Star Wars films slated. So I think the only thing we know is that, uh, I think whatever project that the Game of Thrones guys were on, they're off of it. But I don't think the project itself is dead. And then the Ryan Johnson, yeah, Ryan Johnson movie movies. is. Are they still happening? The, apparently, like it, like any of those, they're like nothing's nothing's like dead in the water. But like Ryan Johnson's been working with Knives Out, which is fantastic. Everybody should go see it. Yeah, but I guess he's been just been really busy with that, and he's like, I honestly haven't really talked to them, but. It doesn't sound like it's necessarily dead. I I wonder if just kind of everything's just... I wonder just been- if they've cooled off on him. You know, like I maybe. wonder if like, you know, because of like the reaction that he got, you know, maybe people are cooling off on, on Ryan John. Even though, and you're right, Knives Out's fantastic. He does great movies. I, th- I think a lot of people are like... Like there, you see, like the, the thank you Ryan Johnson hashtag going yeah. around. Like So yeah. I think a lot of people are fonder... Of him okay. now, and and now. also, yeah. <laughs> they have uh, something slated for 2021. 
like an okay. untitled okay. Star Wars thing for 2020. Oh, I don't know what interesting. That is. We shall see. I hope it's not just like another like solo or something. Like, don't. I don't need like yeah. It was cool to see young Leia in a flashback, but I don't need an entire like CGI Leia movie or like. Oh God, no! I don't think they'll be dumb enough to do a whole CGI Leia movie. I would hope not. Anyway, no. I think they just yeah. need to take a step back and kind of reevaluate based on yeah. this trilogy ending and kind of be like, okay, you know, maybe we go in this direction here and this direction there, but I think. You know, there are going to be many more Star Wars conversations to come. So I want to thank all three of you for coming on to talk about the rise of Skywalker at length here. And Tim and Jonathan, I know you will be back on soon for The Mandalorian. So like I said, more Star Wars to come. <laughs> it's not going so anywhere. Star Wars. <laughs> we do need Star Wars cheers, though, like most Eisley cheers. You were saying. Right. Like let's it, make it would, some up. It would guys. be amazing. <laughs> and everyone like there's the, you know, like canned applause when yeah. Boba Fett comes in like, to do a cameo, yeah. you know, some, some, <laughs> yeah, a little, just like variety hour. Like maybe you have a uh, job of the hut hosting, like, you know, he's like Letterman. He's like, you can do something guests. really funny with Woody, with Woody Harrelson, you know, before his character dies, yeah, and you can have him come yeah. in and do a little meta thing with the fact that he was on cheers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And Mirjani, I know our Star Wars conversations are not over. There are still plenty of the movies that I haven't discussed. I've really only been diving into the recent movies here. So I'll certainly have you back on as well. I'll be back. I'm pretty sure. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. Well, quickly before we go, I want to let you all know that you can support the podcast on Patreon. You can follow us at Geekdom Pod on Twitter and at Welcome to Geekdom on Instagram and Facebook. And as always, thank you all for listening and we hope you enjoy the rest of your day.